Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Good morning, everyone, and happy Friday. Welcome to the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN with... Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, and now officially Brooke Grimsley, Hi. a member of the opening drive. Good, it is great good to have morning, you everybody. I started out the day with spilling my coffee coming in here, mm-hmm. so I'm off to a great running start. You're on, kind but, of an omen, maybe. But but we're on yeah. radio, so no one saw it. You know, it's it's no one can see anything. We're, yeah. we're good. It's all up from here. There, yeah, yeah. There it's all up from here. There's not coffee all over me. It's fine. No, right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Everything's good. It's great. No problem at all. Didn't burn my leg. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, It's going to rain all day. It is. There's that. I mean, we're we're inside, though. But you know what? We could be saying, okay, bad stuff happening. We we could be saying that. But instead, we're saying, oh, well, you know what? We're here. Let's try that again. Hey, buddy. We're here. Oh, yeah. You went to bed early last night, didn't you? When it was 2 nothing after a period. Okay. Everybody raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand if you did after a period. I, I did. I, I kind of gave up on our St. Louis Blues, and I should not have because they wound up winning a game. They 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 They, they, they had well, a 68 losing streak. They did. Yeah. They, they scored on the power play. Uh-huh. They scored in the second period, which they were st- struggling doing. They were, you know, minus, I think, 17 or 20 or something like that in, in the second periods throughout the entire mm-hmm. season. They did a good job of finding a way to win a game, Randy. Kerry, not only did they score in the second period, but guess who scored in the second period? It was Colton Pareko, of all people, that came through with a tally at the 235 mark to make it a 2-1 game, and then Jordan Cairo, his 26th of the year, at the 521 mark. That one was on the power play and tied the yes. game. Yes. They might be listening. I don't know. They, they listen to the yeah. opening drive. They hear us talking. You know what? All the Colton Pareko doubters out there, what were you guys doing? I mean, <laughs> this is, uh, he's fantastic. No, I'm kidding. I mean, but really, though, a fantastic game from him tonight, especially it's it's the Pareko that I think we've wanted to see consistently all season, right? He's huge. The way that he has the ability to just really carry the puck out of the zone and the way that he does, the way that he gains speed, 22 minutes and 13 seconds of total ice time right now, and you felt it. Yeah. I think that's the difference because, look, he always has over 20 minutes of ice time typically, but you actually felt his presence more last night 
a goal, assist. He was absolutely everywhere. He was sensational. So was Pavel Buchnevich. He has four assists on the night. Brownie scored in the second. Schenner scored in the second. Uh, there, you also got goals from Tyler Pitlick. And then Kapanen scoring late into the empty net to give the Blues the 6-3 victory over San Jose. I was it, Good to see him get the puck in the in, empty netter. Yeah. But, you know, he's been working his butt off in his first two games. I'm, I'm excited to watch him play more hockey, get more acclimated with what everyone else is doing. And get more acclimated with the team and how they do their things. It's going to be Randy. Now I don't want to get too excited. It's one game. They, mm-hmm. they won against still, San Jose. Against San Jose, Randy. I was watching that game, and I feel like if I need to go to a hockey game and get last minute tickets, San Jose might it might be the spot be huh? the spot to do so. Yeah. It was a lot of empty seats there. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's what concerned me, and so that's why I don't fault you for exactly not watching after the first period because when they're already up two to nothing, the Sharks, and everybody knows how bad the Sharks is. That is a team that is truly a tanking team. If we're talking about teams that are really bad tanking, that's a tanking team. And you're like, oh. You're playing the Shark Tank. What do you uh, expect? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, man. They're already up two to nothing. But then the way they were able to respond in the second period, that's what matters the most, right? Yep. Here is the Chief, Craig Berube, on uh, this comeback win. Yeah, it's good. And the losing streak for sure. I thought we played real good second and third period. First period, not so good, but second and third was really good, especially the second. And we mentioned the four assists for Pavel Buchnevich. When he plays, when he's healthy, he is pretty darn good. Hard on pucks, <laughs> skated, made some nice plays. Um, you know, drove wide, took the puck to the net a couple times himself. I mean, he had a, he had a real good game. And then we mentioned that the Blues were terrific on the power play. Why did that occur last night of all times? The movement was way better for sure. They're, you know, for me, I, right away I could tell the way they were moving around that good things were going to happen. Uh, they had an attack mentality. The puck, the passing was crisp. They shot it right away. Um, just things like that. So I could tell that they were um, going to, you know, create momentum anyhow. Whether they score or not, they were going to get things to the net and create some momentum. Two for three on the power play. Blues win it by a score of six to three, and their next action will be at L.A., where it snowed, by the way, uh, and that is tomorrow at 8.30. Yeah, snow in, in Los Angeles. 8.30 pregame, 9.30 face. That global warming thing is real, I guess. Yeah, I think it might, <laughs> think it might be happening. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> Most people in Los Angeles, A, don't have coats, and B, I don't think anybody has a snow shovel. Oh, no. When it gets 50 degrees in L.A., it's freezing. So Was don't. it that bad? Or was it just kind of like a sprinkling? Yeah, kind of a, you, you can see it on the mountains and stuff. Oh. Then if it's on the ground, it's going to scare some folks. Oh, it is out there. Cardinals lost yesterday to the Houston Astros by a score of 6-0. So I'm guessing I'm coming back, CD, for my 12 runs a game. Okay. I'm, I'm coming back to 8 Eight, eight is the you, number. Are you sticking with eight? I was at eight. Yeah, okay. They've done a good job. I'm, I have to do the numbers, see where they are right now. Can I congratulate you on your fighting Illini? Please. Yes. I-L-L. Uh, yeah. I-N-I. Uh, that's what a good hey, friend uh, Double hey. overtime. Yeah, I gave you one earlier. I won't, it won't ever yeah. happen again, though. Uh, 91-87 <laughs> victory over the Wolverines. Hey, the monster drinking Matthew Meyer is, is the leading scorer. He missed a few games because he had drank too many monster drinks and had had caffeine poisoning. <laughs> that, uh, he, this is a real thing. Huh? 
Who's still drinking That can happen. <laughs> is what he said. <laughs> I, you know, I, but he showed up in a monstrous way last night. Him and Terrence Shannon were playing really well. That's and an endorsement waiting to happen. It sounds like the NIL here. He's, he's setting it up for you. Get them together. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, are you a uh, Brooke? Are you a monster drink devotee at all? No. Coffee, obviously. No. I, I feel like that's, that that's almost like a death sentence in itself, right? Yeah, I, I can't handle that. He said he was playing video games all night and had five monster drinks. <laughs> and he had caffeine poisoning and had to miss a, miss a game or two. Does Proud he need, uh, well, I mean, obviously you don't have contracts in college basketball, but it's almost like he needs the Kyler Murray a treatment. It, it, a I mean, treatment yeah, of like you, no yeah. video games before. Well, I, yeah, right. I, will, I, will, I will let you into a, a little secret. I used to stay up. I mean, me and one of my friends, Chris Rose, we would stay up until four, five, six in the morning playing Madden. Oh knowing I had to go to class the next day, knowing I would have practice later on that day, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Like, it was an addiction. Proud of you. Like, we could Proud not stop. <laughs> Because if he won, we were so competitive. <laughs> we, were not, yeah. we, we just awesome. there were no monster drinks involved, but no. we were we were all jacked up off of Mountain Dew at least. I mean, we were there. <laughs> yeah, so it was just Mountain Dew. That's what we was going were on? up all night, and this is multiple nights in a row. Like we could That's even before a game day though. Not were before you game playing day. Madden? No, 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 no. Like we would be in the hotel, so we wouldn't have an opportunity to. That's what but, I'm saying. Why Why would you do that? Why would you drink I mean, that many energy drinks right beforehand? Just I, stay up. I failed one test in college, and it was because the night before the oh. test, my brothers decided to throw a Madden tournament that lasted from 8 p.m. until 4 a.m. There you go. And I went to the finals, and so I was up till 4 a.m. Oh, you got to well, do what you got to do. Finals. Conversely, yeah. Matthew, I passed a test in college. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty amazed that you only failed one test, because I might, not because of you, because me. Here's my caveat. Here's my caveat. The test was not in English. Uh-huh. It was in Italian, so oh, I, 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 it, wasn't, it wasn't even in my native language. Uh, more college basketball. By the way, 9187 double overtime for the Illini over Michigan last night. SLU hosts Dayton tonight, final regular season game. Senior night, they'll either finish third or fourth in the A-10. The Battlehawks at noon on Sunday in D.C. And the opener for St. Louis City SC, the home opener of all time against Charlotte tomorrow night at 7.30. Coming up, our buddy Moon from the Riz Show, who is a resident football expert, is going yes. to join us to talk about opening day for St. Louis City SC, the home opener. And Moon will be in studio next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Second corner. Here comes Parker. And it's into the net. Oh, that's completely given away. And it's an equalizer. And now Klaus on the break. Keller across. Klaus inside. And he pokes it into the net. And St. Louis City going to the lead with five minutes to play. The play-by-play guy from South St. Louis, clearly, as St. Louis City SC won their inaugural game last week in Austin. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) That's Brooke Grimsley. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. And if you are a soccer aficionado, then you know about the Soccer 101 podcast with Moon from The Riz Show and Michelle Smallman. And Moon has taken some time out of The Riz Show this morning to join us here in our studio down the hall to talk some 
Rizm, St. Louis City SC. Good morning, sir. Thanks for stopping by. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Don't tell Riz I'm down here. He thinks I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, but uh, but all is well. I don't get to talk soccer over there that much. He hits the uh, Homer Simpson boring button on me. So uh, the uh, the Soccer One on One podcast has been a breath of fresh air for me because uh, Michelle, I mean, absolute pro, big uh, big sports nut, and um, and and talking soccer, I get I get pretty passionate. We yeah. actually kind of compared it to she compared it to she's the Ted Lasso, I'm the Roy Kent uh, of the group because I was yelling at players after one match. I was yelling at players yeah, you, on our podcast. You told me about that in the in the break room the other day. How you were you were like I didn't know I didn't know I wasn't supposed to you know berate them that way. I, I yeah, gotta yeah. dial it back just a little bit. I, I'm new to this sports you know analyst thing, I, I, but sometimes if you see it, you gotta say it. And and I yeah. think that's what fans when they're watching or learning or you know just listening to to things that they may not know much about when someone is passionate about what they're talking about and explaining it and breaking it down it really helps them understand it because they were like oh yeah that was terrible hey moon knows exactly what he's talking about and so it gives you know it gives you more uh, credence to what you're talking about. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, uh, I'm not always going to know what I'm talking about, so I don't want to like, bring up any expectations or anything unreasonably. Uh, but I am the passionate fan. I'm the passionate fan. It's different for me because over an alternative, you know, I toured. I was a professional musician for 20-something years, and a lot of the sports people we're talking about are, are ex-pros, so they know, I mean, they know it. And I'm coming in knowing that um, I'm just the passionate fan that wants to that wants to yell about it and is really mm-hmm. angry and, and will calm down in a few days. But, uh, you know, i got something to say, and uh, and that's the angle that we're, that we're playing because it's it's the real natural angle well you have to be excited with how that game went in austin right i mean the way that they were ranked so city sc coming in second to last in preseason rankings yeah. austin fc everybody knows who they are yeah. a really really talented club and then you go out there and you beat them three to two i mean especially that Zhao klaus goal the one that Santa. won it for him yes santa claus for them to win it three to two i mean i felt like that made the target on their back even bigger right yeah yeah definitely it was so cool uh it was fr- from a fan perspective on the podcast uh b- before the game in our little preview i even said um i'm really nervous because austin's like a top four contender they're talking about them being an mls cup contender uh top four maybe top five and like you said we were second to last in predictions which is reasonable i mean honestly we hadn't seen us in the league yet um but i'm just an excited fan that was really nervous and after beating austin that has to a relieve pressure uh but b um really give some like incredible momentum now we're not going to talk about the fact that uh, you know the equalizer was an absolute goof um, and that that's not going to happen every game, and that's not going to happen every season uh, when you have that kind of stuff. But um, this is such a beautiful sport. Every goal matters. A, a goal can change an entire season. A single goal can. And uh, and that might have been one of the first ones that we experienced that mm. really defines that, that kind of statement. But the coolest thing, man, is with this league... The MLS is so unpredictable. It's so unpredictable. And as we saw, and everybody was like, Austin is a, just a slayer, and St. Louis is the rookie, and they're going to get slapped around. And, and we did something awesome in this home opener. I'm really, really looking forward to. For any St. Louis sports fan, this will be one of the most memorable days ever. Heck yes. The, the day, the scene, the atmosphere around City Park, and then obviously the game. But even just being downtown tomorrow is going to be pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Other than the parking that I am a little bit worried about, yeah. I think I'm just going to uh, have kids. 
Carrie dropped me off. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but it, the the cool thing is, it's not everybody coming down for for a uh, for a baseball game, and everybody or the most of the people are going to get there forty five minutes before. This is going to be spread out over the course of six hours. There are parties starting at four o'clock. There are marches that are going to start, you know, in between uh, that and the gates opening. Uh, a lot of the supporter groups have their home bars that are within a few blocks in different directions. So, uh, all the parking, all the thousands upon thousands of people that are getting down there are going to be getting down there at uh, at different times. Um, but it's going to be one of those things, and we got we're going to have decent weather. It's not going to be like today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be pretty 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 mild, and you're going to see thousands upon thousands of people outside the stadium just enjoying what what the soccer atmosphere truly is at its heart. And I want to add this part of this because, you, you, like you say, you're a fan. You don't even have to know soccer that well no. to have a great time at a soccer match. Yeah. So my, my wife grew up playing soccer, but she's not a fan. And she has to endure me screaming at Manchester United <laughs> and like all, all the games that I watch every single weekend and all that. And like... Um, she wasn't really even expecting to sit there and watch this this match last last week when we were playing against Austin. And my wife was screaming at the TV and she was going on and on and she doesn't know the players and she doesn't know the formation and she hasn't been studying the coach's <laughs> strategies. You know what I mean? She was just wa- just watching as a, I'm going to sit here and support my husband for five minutes and then go do something else. And, and she got into it because... Because it's such an exciting sport, the clock isn't stopping. The, the The players are wearing themselves out. They're giving every single thing they can for ninety minutes, and it's unpredictable. And everything can change in a second. It's so exciting. So, with that being said, uh, City goes on to win their first game. No one expected them to. They've been chosen to be dead last in the conference and in the league. They're going to win it all, right? I'm not going to say nothing like that. I am not a crazy person. Uh, not that I don't believe that in my heart. I'll just never say that publicly. Uh, but currently, we are second. We're behind the Sounders right now because I think they have a goal difference. You know, they they, they won their first match four to nothing. So hey, man, top dang near top of the league right now, uh, or top of the conference. And um, if we if we if we keep this momentum going, which I think we completely we we have. Uh, a good chance to do, especially tomorrow against Charlotte. Charlotte's, uh, it's only their second season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're a fresh new team as well, and they do not have the depth, I think, that we do. Seeing, um, I know we're not going to get too deep into the strategies or any of that kind of stuff, but we've got some really good players, and hopefully, hopefully we really see some good fitness uh, come out of here. I don't mm-hmm. want to sound like a high school coach, but um, <laughs> I think they need to improve a little bit of fitness in the midfield. Uh, but other than that, man, this is going to be a really, really exciting season. And if we finish mid-table, that's a huge yeah. success, huge success. But if we get playoffs, I mean, this city's going to freak out. Yeah. Absolute, I mean, a, a, a perfect season if we if we touch playoffs. Yeah, you know? right. Well, and they even expanded playoffs, too, so the chance gets even greater as well. You mentioned players. I was really curious. I know it's just one game, so we're getting really hyped about one game yeah, here. Yeah. But I was so curious going into this first game, just seeing how the players coming from Bundesliga translating the MLS. And then you had Tim Parker, obviously, with his experience at MLS, how that was all going to mesh together. And I mean, obviously, you look at the final result. It looks like it turned out well. But what else did you see from that? Um, that's an interesting thought, and, and we are Bundesliga heavy, and that league is completely different than the MLS. Each league is different, and you have stars that will come from from the EPL over in England, and they'll go to the MLS or, or, or the Bundesliga and struggle because it plays so differently, and it's wild to think about such a, um, a simple, quote-unquote simple sport uh, being so different league to league and, and continent to continent. But um, I think it's going to play well in our favor. 
the Bundesliga isn't like necessarily the fastest league. It's a slightly bigger league. There's a lot of big boys over in, in Bundesliga, and and this is not a big boy league necessarily. You saw a lot of the highlights if you were watching the highlights mm-hmm. on goals from other teams. A lot of little dudes yeah. with mm-hmm. real good fitness having late goals, and this is kind of a late goal. Um, league a lot of late goal equalizers uh, a, a lot of late winners and that kind of stuff I think we'll adjust pretty well with the strategy and with the Bundesliga uh, influence that we do have uh, we got a big awesome goalie and as long as he really chirps at that defense and keeps them on their toes I think we're going to be one of the more solid uh, teams in the backfield which will make all the difference okay. Tim Boom. Parker also is pretty good at chirping people too Tim Parker's great <laughs> man yeah, he's great. really yeah. impressed yeah, so... have, him on, have you had him on your show yet? no no. you got him on he's great I would love to that, that, that guy is awesome and I'm really looking uh, I think we're all looking for him for some real leadership out there yeah uh, speaking of fitness last time I watched your band perform you suffered a lower body injury how you doing? <laughs> Uh, it still hurts. It still hurts. Oh, I was gosh. supposed to go to an orthopedic surgeon to check it out, and I blew that off because uh, I forget. Uh, I forget why <laughs> I blew it off. That sounds serious. Yeah, yeah, I, really, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I popped something in the back yeah. of my calf, and my heel still really hurts. So if uh, there's a doctor out there and wants to you know, tweet some free Does advice your, or something. Is your foot able to go up and down? You're able to flex your foot, correct? I'm not a, I'm not a, great, I'm not a flexible guy, but it does still hurt, and okay. I'm worried. Uh-huh. Every, every time I... Take the uh, the recreational soccer pitch. I uh, I get a little nervous and Do- I'm running slow. Doctors might figure that out. Honestly, I think I'm nervous <laughs> at, at the, you know as to what they're going to say. <laughs> One more, and then the other thing, there's the old adage. I got to get your answer on this: that every athlete wants to be a rock star. Every rock star wants to be an athlete. Totally true. Yes. Totally true. Yeah. Yes. Every yeah. single. That's amazing. I would love to. Yep. Man, listen. I would love to be on there stage. Yep. I'll yeah. tell you this, Moon. I was on stage. Ti was on, when he was like the hottest rapper. <laughs> in the world he had me on stage with him and I was just blown away by how the fans just did everything that he said and it was like oh my god this is an awesome life I would trade that in a heartbeat (laughs) there's nothing better but every musician is going to counter that and say dude you play in front of 55 60,000 people a day and you don't have to do the work to sell the tickets well this is true (laughs) you know what I mean mean? like I gotta write songs and do all this stuff and then hope the people come to the show and like you know like it was so funny when uh, when David Freeze and I became close this was before the big the big game and uh, and and we had these conversations. We really hit it off. And musicians and, and athletes hit it off because of a lot of these shared experiences as far as. Yeah. Um, you know, like we, we get into things for our passions mm-hmm. and because of our talents and our passions and it has nothing to do with being famous most right. most of the time. And then when you get famous and, and you get the attention, um, it's kind of it's uh, it's different to deal with. So yeah. athletes and musicians really kind of click on that uh, a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I, f- I found and I remember, man, freeze immediately. It was like, hey, man, what's if he likes to stage dive? And I was like. Well, I mean, as exciting and silly as it as it seems, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's it's kind of different. He goes, "That's all I want to do is stage dive." And I was like, "Brother, I'm the size for a stage diver. You're not the size for a safe stage diver. But I will welcome you at any Greek fire, Goldfinger show, whatever you want, man." And he's like, "I seriously, I'm going to take you up on that, but." It's in my contract. I can't do silly stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, we'll wait till you retire and then have you on stage and you can you can stage dive. So he always wanted to be on stage and now he's playing guitar. Oh, cool. that's fantastic. Wow. That's, awesome. that's good. Moon, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll and do this th- more. Yeah, and thanks yes. for thanks for carrying the uh, the the 
banner and the scarf uh, for St. Louis City. It's going to be really exciting. Looking forward to it. Appreciate it. Moon from the Riz Show, 105.7 The Point. You can hear him every morning, and uh, nice of him to stop by and talk some soccer with us. St. Louis City SC, Charlotte, tomorrow, 7.30. But get there early. Get downtown. A lot of stuff happening. Coming up, we're going to talk some golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Grimsley and Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And every Friday at this time, we talk to our buddy Jay Delsing, who has golf with Jay Delsing Sunday mornings at 9, 9 to 10 here on 101 ESPN. Jay, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good morning. And Brooke, uh, welcome to the party. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Jay. Yeah, you, I don't know if you know what you're in for, but you're going to be great. <laughs> Boys love having you. Yes, yeah. I'm super excited. It's going to be great. We're looking forward to it. Hey, Jay, I want to start with this because I've always heard from people in the industry that Ricky Fowler is like the nicest guy in the world, and he had such a bad run. And he's finished top 20 in his last four events. He's he's at a top five. He's at a top 11. He's fifth right now, tied for fifth at Bay Hill. I really like seeing a guy that is at least perceived as being being a really good guy bounce back and it doesn't happen all the time not everybody gets their game back no it doesn't and he, and he is a great guy he is one of those few that will stand out there and sign until there are no more no, no more kids no more autograph seekers around and what's really interesting about what ricky did is that he broke up with butch which typically speaking guys when that relationship gets fractured with a, a coach it's done and to Ricky's credit, he somehow, you know, Butch is a really, really good teacher, but he's got a really big ego. And it, somehow Ricky was able to make it work and get back. And, and I still think Butch is the guy. If your game goes south, he's 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 the guy to, to go to. And so good for everybody. I, I, I think it's great for the game. And, um, and with all of the crazy changes that look like they're on the horizon for 2024, 
there's not a better time to get your game in shape. Hey, Jay, John Rahm has been on a heater. Six events this year, three wins, finished top ten in all six of the events. When you're just in a zone like that, what is that like? Is it is it like everything is narrowed and you just see the the hole is like ten feet wide? Or, or is it just – how do you explain that, what he's dealing with right now? You know, Kerry, for me, I only had one of those – typical one of those what what you could describe as similar to what he's doing where i think i had three or four top tens in a row and you, you know what the, the you didn't you didn't fret when you made mistakes you'd pull a putt and it would still go in you'd push one it would go in you'd get the bounces you know i don't know if you watched him play at the genesis in la but he hit a a three wood from about 250 yards that flew into the bleachers in a par five 17th and bounced off of the stands through the rough and around a bunker and about three feet from the hole. You know, so he winds up hitting that terrible shot, making an Eagle. Now that's not all he's done, but you're getting breaks out of the wazoo and you're just, you're taking advantage of them. And he's also doing a lot of other things really, really well to, to, to dominate on the PGA Tour, it's 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 really really something. And he's got power. He has got he he he's putting extremely well right now. And what I'm impressed with is he's figured out on how how to get a hold of his um, mental um, kind of. He's a hothead. And and when he was younger, and when we would watch him at a U.S. Open or something, we could see him unravel the first day, the first nine when something went wrong or he didn't do what he thought he should have done. And he's that's what's most impressive to me is he's figured out how to tame, you know, the, the his his uh, his inner um, uh, temper, so to speak. Well, Jay, you talked about the changes that are coming on the horizon, and I'm guessing that you're alluding to the fact that the PGA Tour is kind of solidifying its new structure. Um, and it does seem like it's very similar to Live Golf and what they have going on, especially with the cut line and also reducing the field size to, what is it, 120, 160 to like 70 to 80. What are your thoughts on changing that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I understand it. The thing, and listen, I've, I'm not a Greg Norman fan with what he's done with Liv, and, and I actually get to play several rounds with him and things like that, and I, I'm, I'm just not the, the biggest fan. But this is really, really similar to what he was trying to do in 94 and in 97 with what he called the Super Tour. He wanted to take the top 30 guys and break away and start his own tour with um, like a – $200 million in purses and play these events with no cups. And it's, it's really, really similar. And I, I, I hear what the guys are saying and I understand what um, the, the pros and cons are. I'm in the weeds and I read probably way too much about this stuff, but I got to tell you, you guys, I think the cut line is, is it, I think they're underestimating how much, people and, and how much drama the cut line brings into for the players and for the fans. And, you know, I, I, I went in, into some numbers just a little bit, not my strong suit, but <laughs> most of the, most of the, most of the guys that play and the bigger stars don't miss many cuts. And I think um, it was Shevler, Rahm and um, Justin Thomas. I think they've only missed like, five cuts in the last two and a half years and see the argument that from the business side that everybody is going to is that if you're our sponsors, they want to see Rory play, even if he's stinking up the joint and finishing last. 
they, they want to be able to know that they're going to come out to the event and they're going to bring their families and they're going to be able to watch the best in the world play, regardless of whether they're, they're challenging for the championship or not. That's the biggest argument. There. Well, and Rory seems to be backing it, too. Oh, everyone, but Brooke, why wouldn't you? I mean, my gosh, this is going to put just millions of dollars in the top players' pockets from a selfish standpoint. And um, I just I just think, you know, last week's field at the Honda Classic was lousy. It was a lousy field. Jack Nicholas and Barbara Nicholas, they do so much for that area and the play yellow and things like that. But the finish was phenomenal with Chris Kirk and Eric Cole when, and watching them kind of go back and forth and hitting balls in the water and still, you know, managing to, to, to stay in there and hang in there. So there was a lot of drama regardless of who it is, but there's no question. And, and Randy, I, you're such a great historian for whatever reason, the, the game of golf loves to have a dominant force. When Jack was on top, when Arnold was on top and when Tiger's on top, it, it just thrives. And I, I'm not really sure why, but, that's what they're looking to do. Yeah, and I don't think it's a villain thing. I think it's more of it's Duke, it's the Cowboys, it's Notre Dame, it's the Yankees. It's that that one dominant force, like you say, that people either want that dominant force to win or they, they tune in to watch that dominant force lose. And I think that it makes for great TV. The conflict makes for great television. Jay, by the way, I want you to touch on the fact that Live Golf originally was paying all the travel expenses for their golfers, and now they've backed off of that. By next year, they aren't going to pay travel expenses. On the PGA Tour, you have to pay your own way anyway, right? But but that was a promise that Live Golf made to the golfers, and now they've taken that away. Well, yeah, and, and it's it's interesting to see how the, what this thing and how this thing shapes up as we go along. I mean, you know, there there, there was this idea that they were paying for all of the travel via this party jet. And I guess that party jet, which we did see some pictures on the inside, looked pretty sick. Um, there, that's only ha- that only happened once. And so I, I, I'm not really sure. That's the biggest, the, the, my biggest complaint about this thing is everything Norman does is murky. Like what's really happening? We don't know if Charles Howe won four million bucks down in Mexico or if that's against his draw. We really don't know yet. And so everybody is acting like they did. But, you know, once once some of the, the, the lawsuits make them open their books and, 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 and get down to what's really happening, I think it will shed some light on a lot of things. Hey, Jay, when I first started playing golf, I had to readjust everything that I knew about sports in my stands. I'm normally standing, <laughs> knees bent, good base. Which sport translates best to, to playing golf? Is it hockey? Is it baseball? Football, obviously, is vastly different in, in how we stand. Which sport do you think translates best to, to playing golf? Bro, you got the short end of the stick, and football <laughs> is not even on the spectrum. You have way too much muscle, man. You need to swap that. Remember what Whitey used to say? He goes, the guys need to hang around me a little bit, eat a hot dog and drink a beer. We got to get some fat on them. You got to get flexible. Flexibility is the biggest thing, and I, I think it's the hockey players because, first of all, the balance that they have is so incredible. They play this game on ice at such speeds. Their hand-eye coordination is off the charts, and – I'd say the hockey players have the biggest advantage. Now, the baseball swing is eerily similar to what we do with our lower body, where you load up your backside. So if you're a right-handed golfer, 
you load up your right hip and then you turn and the, that turn and that lower body turn carry that leads the swing. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what really, if you watch a hockey player shoot a slap shot or even a wrist shot, their lower body is what gives them the torque and gives them all the power and snap and, and speed. And that's what you see this, the, these young guys do. They, they, they twitch and turn so fast. The club comes in later and it's got almost like a whip like effect, you guys. And it comes in with tremendous amount of speed. And they, it's, I, I, I still just cannot believe how far these guys are hitting the ball. It's, it's awesome to watch. It's crazy. Hey, uh, Jay, who do you have on your show on Sunday? You know, the last Sunday of each month, where we do a live show from Wild Crush, and so Jay Williamson was kind enough to stop by. So we talked. We were two old, you know, broken down golfers just complaining about a whole lot of things, like live and about the schedule and things like that. Because, because you know, have you guys watched Full Swing at all yet? Yes, it's it's a terrific documentary, isn't it? It, it really is. But Randy, where's my private jet? <laughs> That's a great question. Where is it? Wait a What tour is that? I was like, wait a second. That wasn't the tour. I didn't see any Red Roof Inn and spas that like that I stayed at. I, I didn't see any of that on there. <laughs> well, at, at least we know that JT and Jordan they have to share one. I, I mean, they're like, and it's not bad because we have a forty-minute drive, a flight for the practice. Round. I'm like, oh, somebody kill me! I was like, you guys, what are you talking about, man? That's brutal. Yeah, well, that's where I knew I shouldn't even watch. <laughs> hey, we're looking forward to tuning in on Sunday morning. Always good to talk to you, Jay. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. Thank you. you too. Good luck, Brooke. Thank you. Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. If you use letters on your phone, 314-399-YO-HO. We've got to take it or leave it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Rockio, Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, opening drive, 101 ESPN. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646 Take it or leave it. Guys, Adam Schefter reporting that the Cowboys are expected to cut Ezekiel Elliott, the mm. St. Louisan, who last year averaged a career-low 3.8 yards per carry. He did score 12 touchdowns, but had only 876 yards. 27 years old, he will turn 28 on July 22nd. Take it or leave it, Ezekiel Elliott's days as a quality NFL back are over. Um, I'll leave it as a quality back. He, I'll take it that he won't get a contract of, of that magnitude again. Um, and this was one of the things that I, I feared with him. Randy, he said one thing about you know playing in the NFL, when you allow another guy that's in your position to get your carries, your reps, mm-hmm. whether it because, you know, we're just going to go every two series or, you know, I'm tired, you ha- you go ahead and take it. Yeah, he's going to go ahead and take it. And so, you know, they paid him a lot of money. He's made a lot of money, but could have made and can make more if he wasn't having to split carries with uh, 
Tony, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. So, and that's why they're cutting so, so much this season. Exactly. I, I'm going to stay with the NFL, Randy, and, and I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Eric DaCosta, the Ravens GM, made some interesting comments yesterday at the Combine talking about the receivers. You know, we just haven't hit on that, that home run receiver, that all-pro receiver, uh, a receiver that they drafted a few years ago, Rashad Bateman, had some comments saying, hey, maybe you all do the right thing and help us out and stop blaming us in number eight. You all do the right thing and bring the right people in here to help us out. Take it or leave it. Lamar Jackson was somewhere with a golf clap. Yep, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. Well uh, done, it, Rashad. It, it well was done. also interesting that he said, hey, you, you've got to – keep us healthy. Yes. And in the NFLPA survey that we talked about, or we're going to talk about later, the Ravens got an F minus for strength and conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. No. Not great at all. I guess we'll have to look. I like how Lamar Jackson, too, usually reacts to news mm-hmm. on his Twitter account where he'll just, he won't say anything, but he just puts out like a meme yes. or something yep. yeah. to encapsulate his thoughts. Yep. So I guess I have to look to see if I'll have that. Okay, guys, <laughs> take it or leave it. We're going to go March Madness with mine. All right. Take it or leave it. Mizzou is the most dangerous team out of the teams in the area. So that's, I'm sorry, Illinois. That is included in that. Billikens. Kansas even. I think that Mizzou, they are so battle-tested and stress-tested, too, that they're dangerous. And as you know, with March Madness, it only takes one shining moment, one great game to elevate you to the next round. I'm going to take that. I'm going to say... Dangerous meaning the team that could surprise somebody yes. that doesn't expect to be surprised. I'm, I'm going to take that because I don't think Kansas fits into, uh, I think Kansas will be favored pretty much in every game they play. But I do think that Mizzou will probably be an underdog, 8-9 seed, and they'll probably win a game that people don't expect them to win. 10 seed? Could no. be a 10, yeah. Okay. Maybe, hopefully. Um, for me, I will. I, I've said this all, all along. The way that Mizzou plays basketball is like a shock to the system of opponents that haven't seen them, that haven't seen that pace. So it they they have an opportunity because they play at such a frenetic pace that in the tournament they could really shock some people. I I, I would take it as as being probably the most dangerous team because it's hard to to practice that style of play when you haven't seen it that many times. Yeah, and I mean, especially Demoy Hodge, too. The way mm-hmm. that he just attacks everyone out there, it's, I mean, when he gets hot and gets going, he's unstoppable. Matthew, what do we got on the old text line? It, it, he said it'd help if he would yes, do something. He said, this is what he said, right? Randy, I'm sorry. Take a lead. Brooke hasn't been around the Missouri Tigers basketball program enough in March. Brooke, there's, there's been so many sorry times for the Tigers in March. Look, there's been SEC basketball has been crazy enough this year. There's been cha- there's been times where there's teams who should have won, didn't, and Mizzou has been up and down at times, but... I'm just saying, in general, this group is so dangerous, and yes, I've covered them all season. I've seen it. I've seen the highs and lows, and I'm telling you guys, they've they've been stress tests. The way that they're able to handle a lot of situations is really impressive. Hey, hey Rock, is uh, Norfolk State in the tournament this you, year? You, Northern <laughs> Iowa? <laughs> 
That's Kansas. UCLA. Oh, wait. No. No, wait. They, yeah, they did. 1998. They did, yeah, they did bite him, too. I, I, I completely... Wow, Ali Farouk Manesh completely just overwrote... Oh, yeah. That, that UNI um, defeat of a Big 12 team, just like from my brain, and you brought it right Sorry back. Sorry about that. Why'd you have to do that to me? I was I was, I was, was a big fan of the Purple Panthers, and now I don't even... I know the pan, I know they're purple and they're Panthers. I don't know if, they, if, they, if that's their actual <laughs> I don't mascot. think that's who they are. I don't are. think it's what they call themselves, but I'm going with I don't think so, it. either. I'm pretty sure they're Panthers. I know they were purple. I don't think they're Purple Panthers. Uh, take it or leave it. Colton Prego got himself into a trade possibility with his game last night. Leave it. Trade deadline 2 o'clock this afternoon? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to say that that one game probably did not elicit <laughs> the response of a GM to say, yeah, <laughs> I want to pay that guy through 2030. Yeah. Jonathan Quick got traded again. Did you see that? No, where'd he go now? Yeah. Didn't he go to, uh, Is where it did Vegas? he go? Yeah, Vegas. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah. they'll probably win another Stanley Cup. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that too. Here's the thing. The I think, Panthers. I think if you're gonna move Pareko, <laughs> it would have already happened by now. I'm with you. I agree with that, Randy. I need this. We keep getting this take it or leave. We got it as an Uncle Randy. I, okay, I have I've ignored it, but I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> Everyone's really worried about Jordan Walker making the Cardinals and then wearing number 67. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals are gonna get him a different number if he makes the roster out of the game. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. The Cardinals will provide him. There's with like a different four different number. textures who have been like apoplectic about him wearing the bad yeah, number on the text line it. this week. It's like, no, of course they're going to change it. People are well, what, very worried. Whatever number he chooses to wear, I mean, you know. It's his number, right? Yeah. But the man, I mean, unless you're Robert De Niro and the fan, you know, the number doesn't really matter. Yeah. Wesley Snipes. You remember that movie? Yep. Yeah. Where he kind of. <laughs> when the Cardinals brought up Albert Pujols in Colorado, Buddy Bates, he had worn 68 in spring training. Buddy Bates, the equipment manager at the time, had set out a jersey number 32. And while Jockety came down to the clubhouse before the players arrived and saw number 32 Pujols, and he said, hey. You might want to give him a better number. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to be pretty good. You might want to give him a better number. And that's how Albert wound up with number five. It's a good number. Take it or leave it. For the third straight year, the Cardinals will regret not doing more starting pitching-wise in the offseason. Take it. I'm going to take it, too. That was my biggest <sighs> thing. Because here's the thing. I will. It will hurt me to my core for a while now, seeing Jose Quintana with the Mets. Mm-hmm. They should have... I agree with that. Kept him. Yes. And he he has a great rapport. He's friends with Wilson Contreras. It made sense. I mean, he, he was your game one starter, too. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't. And look, I know the Mets just kind of throw out stupid money. Uh, but keeping him, I felt like, would have been that little last piece for this starting rotation. And it probably makes your bullpen that much stronger as well. So. Yeah. Uh, by the way, are you guys on board with the idea of Jordan Walker wearing number twenty-five? It's available. That was my that was my high school number. There you go. So I you're like on board 25. with it. Corey, Dick, Corey Dickerson had it last year. It's not going to be retired for him. Uh, I don't think. I like single. No. I like. Are there any single digits left? Eight is available. Eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, eight's a good number. Eight is a good number. Honestly, guy who's six five, two forty though. I don't know. That might look weird. How big was Cal Ripken Jr.? That's wearing true. number He's eight, a big fella. Yeah, Cal was about six four, wasn't he? Six four, six five. Uh, I think he was six four. Probably still is. I mean, we're, we're, we're killing the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where any some people. Well, some people do yeah. shrink. Some people shrink. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some people get over two hundred. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, take it or leave it. I put in my two week notice at work on Monday. My last day would be a week from today. However, my boss had an er- explosion and cursed everyone out. If he does it again, I can leave before my official last day. Totally take that. Take yes. that. Yeah. Yeah, did I wonder if the explosion was due to this employee putting in the two weeks? Because I think that you go to HR if there's an explosion. You you should. 
You don't, I, Randy. I don't know. I've told you this a time or two. I'm, <laughs> I'm a really easygoing fella, mm-hmm. but disrespect what? sends me in a in a bit of a tizzy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, I don't work well in disrespectful places. Like I got because I just kind of, we'll see if you're more disrespectful than I am at that I'm, point. <laughs> I'm happy to know this, Carrie. <laughs> this is important news for you to know as you walk through the door. Just, yes, I'm easygoing, Brooke. I'm, I always smile. I'm laughing. But if there's something going on, well, let's just get it going on then. As long as you don't poke him in the eye or duck from behind ward block, Carrie has no problem with it. There you go. I'm I'm good. We're we're okay. Those are his triggers, though. Uh, Well, and and as long as you uh, throw to him when he was the number one option, rather than don't throw the ball to the flat in the fullback to the fullback (laughs) in the flat. Also, that's the number one uh, read. We're gonna have a problem, Brooke. um, (laughs) There is one. There is one. There is one goat in the sport of basketball. Mm. Yeah, just they, from seven to ten in this in this studio. studio. His name is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yes, yep. so I, I, I'm we with only you have on one. that one, so we don't hey. we don't have any issues. There we go. There we go. We don't have any go. issues. And uh, <laughs> if we didn't mention it earlier in the show, we should mention it now that we are are officially now, thanks to our our friends at Golf Discount of St. Louis, we have become a Pittsburgh Steelers show. Not that we weren't, because Kerry is a Super Bowl champion with the Steelers, but we did have a Dolphins golf bag when you walked into the office. And that was because a listener vote, when it was Carriker and Smallman, voted for the Dolphins. Well, we have traded in the Dolphins uh, golf bag, and now we have a beautiful black and gold Steelers golf bag that will be the official golf bag and the official football team of said opening drive. I like that. Congratulations. Okay. See, look, okay. No disrespect. I'm just going to be over in the corner yeah, waving my little Titans flag. my little Titans flag. If you can look up, um, what's the running back? Lindale White. Oh. And what they did to the terrible towel, him and oh, him and yeah, a linebacker stepped on it and stomped <laughs> on it and did all of these things. And from that point on, they just haven't had a lot of success. I don't know. I don't, you know, that <laughs> stepping on that terrible towel was a bad omen for those guys. <laughs> Coming <great>. up, Carrie <laughs> That's where and all it came from, huh? <laughs> yes. Carrie, Brooke, and Randy, we're all going to put together an eight-man bullpen for the Cardinals. And we'll probably all have pretty dramatically different-looking bullpens. That's next on 101 ESPN. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. St. Louis, 
Service, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio is here. And as the Cardinals traverse spring training, one of the things that they'll be able to do, because they don't have many of their relievers heading to the Winter Classic, uh, the baseball What's it called again? The Winter Classic isn't hockey. <laughs> World Baseball, World World baseball, baseball Classic. Classic. There we go. We got it. Anyway, they'll have most of their relievers in camp. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to put together a 13-man bullpen. Each of us are going to do so. You can break it up with right or left-handers any way you want, but you need to have eight people, and I will get things started. And, guys, I, I think I have the group here. I want to start with this. Uh, the skipper, Ali Marmal, says that the player most intriguing to him in spring training is Drew Verhagen. Chris Vanderha, uh, yes, is uh, is intriguing. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm just saying. My I, favorite thing returning from last year, unless because Albert Pool's retired, has to be us still calling him Chris Vanderha. Well, if, if he can make us remember his name, that'll be great. <laughs> so Ryan Helsley is going to be the closer. We know Gallegos is going to be down there in the bullpen. We know Hicks is going to be down there in the bullpen. We know that Verhagen is going to be there. So that gives you two of three from among Chris Stratton, Andre Pallante, and Dakota Hudson. I think Dakota Hudson is on this team mm-hmm. as the sixth starter. So that gives me the choice between Pallante and Stratton. Cause of Stratton's contract situation... And because I really think the Cardinals look at Pallante perhaps as a starter, I think Stratton makes the team. So I'm going with Helsley, Gallegos, Hicks, Stratton, Verhagen, Hudson. And then my two left-handers are Cabrera and Zach Thompson. Uh, And that means that I'm leaving Wilking Rodriguez out of the mix, I'm leaving Packy Naughton out of the mix. I'm leaving Jake Walsh out of the mix. I'm leaving Zuniga, Guillermo Zuniga, and Jake Woodford out of the mix. And by the way, I expect Libertor and Woodford both to be in the starting rotation down in Memphis. So there is my group of eight. Helsley, Gallegos, Hicks, Stratton, Verhagen, Hudson, Cabrera, and Zach Thompson. Who's next? I can go ahead. Go ahead. Um... Did you already say Palante? Did did I miss Palante in yours? I have Palante starting. Can you give okay? Can you give us your eight one more time? I can. It's Helsley, Gallegos, Hicks, Chris Stratton, Drew Verhagen, Dakota Hudson, uh, Cabrera, and Zach Thompson. That's eight, right? Yeah. So I've got Palante in the minors. You got Palante in the minors. Yeah. Ah, that's who I was missing. Okay. Right. Helsley, Gallegos, Hicks, Thompson, Stratton, Verhagen, Hudson, Cabrera. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. You got it. All right. That, that was missing one. Okay. okay. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, Matthew Libertor and uh, and uh, Palante. They're but both in the minors? Memphis will have a hell of a rotation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm honestly shocked by Palante, that, you, that Palante's not in there. I thought yeah, that was a gimme. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a gimme to me. So got, that's I'll start off with Palante. I'm going to give Palante okay. a little bit more love here. There's no order of events. They're all special in my in my eyes. Okay, <laughs> but I just want to make sure that Palante gets some love here. So I have Palante, Ryan Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos, Jordan Hicks. I have Dakota Hudson in mine. Yeah, I do too. Okay, Zach Thompson, Connor Thomas. Ooh, I like it. And Hennessy Cabrera. 
And then I have Libertor and Woodford as kind of like my depth rotation options. So Pal- Andrew Verhagen. Palante, Helsley, Hicks, Hudson, Thompson, Cabrera, and who am I missing? Did you say Palante already? Yeah, but I said Palante first. Thomas, uh, you, you've got uh, Thompson and Thomas. you got three lefties, right? Tom. Yes. Thomas, Connor Thomas, Zach Thompson. Okay. Uh, yeah, and Hennessy's Cabrera. Yeah. All right. Well, mine is. I'm glad. I, I'm glad we did this. We all have it a little different. So I have Gallegos, Hicks, Helsley, Cabrera, Palante, Woodford, mm. Hudson, and Zach Thompson. And I and and that would mean that Verhagen is. And, uh, what, what do you call him? Uh, Chris Vanderhoff. Chris Vanderhoff. He's yeah. not. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. not. He's not, a, not, he's not here. Okay. So give me that again. So we've got 65, 56, 12. Uh, Gallegos, Hicks, Helsley, Cabrera, Palante, Woodford, Dakota Hudson, and Zach Thompson. Got it. I got two two guys there that could fill in if we need some starting pitching. Someone gets injured, banged up. Okay. And plug them, plug and play kind of guys. Okay. And someone this is interesting. Get- I love the one inning guys in all these situations. Like the, the the give me like one inning guys. You know, unless you're talking like a five outs five out save or something like that. Gallegos, Hicks. Helsley, Cabrera, and then the longer ones is where I have the question marks. Other than again, I'm, I'm shocked yeah. by Palante. I'm, sh- I'm shocked that you weren't on Palante. What, what's what's your what's your reasoning? Well, on, they, on they love Palante Chris Stratton. Yeah. You know, Chris Stratton yep. came over here. He was five and zero with a two point seven eight for the Cardinals. Once they brought him over here, uh, the, they love Verhagen. They 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 think that his hip surgery is going to make him a real weapon down there. Uh, you know, Helsley, Gallegos, and Hicks are going to be there. Dakota Hudson is your sixth starter. So, mm-hmm. and you've got two left-handers, and they envision Palante ultimately as a starting pitcher. So, if I have Connor Thomas and Libertor and Graceffo and Palante down in that rotation in Memphis, pretty darn good. And I have a lot of choices when, not if, when the inevitable starting pitching injury arises. I like that. I, I we we should have a poll. See who who's his best. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> we'll we'll put I'm that all, together. I'm all about competition, Brooke. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I haven't won a yeah. poll yet, so you know, <laughs> there's that. But <laughs> I still love you, to you compete. You like the, the thrill of competition? <laughs> I got a win That's before it. you. Oh yeah, I haven't won one yet. I don't think Stratton <laughs> is really flying under the radar. I think the the Zuniga kid, six five two thirty. Is uh, really flying under the radar as well. What about Wilking oh, Rodriguez? You mentioned him. That's a one. name that keeps popping up. And they too. they love the arm, right? And he's not the biggest guy in the world, but if you want swing and miss, he appears to have swing and miss. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, that uh, perhaps they would bring up. But uh, the, my question is, if Wilking Rodriguez is on the team, then who is not on the team? That's the question. Well, we. I wonder if we have any JoJo Romero fans. I was gonna. That's the name that I was I right was now. Wondering. Like, how dare you? I, I hate to break into the uh, the Cardinals uh, talk, but we actually do have some uh, some news here on the Blues on the trade deadline. Really? Oh. The Blues just hit us with this one. Blues have acquired for Jacob Vrana from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for Dylan McLaughlin and a 2025 seventh round pick. Hmm. Wow. Well, that's an interesting little move. Well, that was Vrana's, the news you were wanting to yeah. hear. Vrana's had, fans, right? Vrana's had some problems, but a young forward with a lot of talent. You know, his problems are a little bit different than Kapanen's, but skilled, speedy on the ice, and you bring him in here to give him a chance to maybe see if he can, you know, prove himself that he's a top nine forward. I, I, I like the move by the Blues. 
Yeah, hey, they needed a guy, right? They they need all they need all the forwards they can get, and you're in a position now where you can scout the guy yourself, and exactly like what you're doing with Kapanen, you you can just take kind of a free look at the guy, and I don't know about what they gave up. I, I don't know if that's going to wind up being a bad trade or a good trade, but they sure do a lot of trades with Steve Eiserman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, Randy, you forgave him, so I guess Doug was like, well, if Randy's going to forgive the guy, then. Yeah, well, then we we can keep dealing with him no problem. He he goes and gets Sunny last year in the in the Letty trade. Fra- Fabry, Sunny, Walman is. It's just like it's Perron like Blues 2.0 over there. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Oh yeah, they've done. I, I, they've done two or three articles actually. The media up there <laughs> saying, "Hey, thanks St. Louis for all these great players." They're not going to be in the playoffs, but hey, yeah, neither are we. They were on. A, they were on a little bit of a run when that. <laughs> so they can got all written. hang out with each other again this off season. Yeah. That's true. That's the plan, right? Yep. That's today's fresh take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, St. Louis City SC with their first ever home game tomorrow, and it'll be more, so much more than just the game. And the guy who's put it all together is Matt Seebeck. He joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The inaugural home game for St. Louis City SC is tomorrow. They take on Charlotte at City Park, a 7.30 game, and the day is going to be filled with fun activities as we approach kickoff at City Park. And we get a chance now with Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Matt Seebeck has been working on this day literally for two and a half years as the Chief Experience Officer at St. Louis City SC. And this must be quite a uh, 36 hours that we have leading up to the game for Matt. Matt, good morning. How are you doing? Randy, thanks for having me. No, we're pumped. We're absolutely buzzing. Well, let's start with this. Uh, before people go into the game tomorrow night, what sort of things do you have happening around City Park? Well, I think, you know, what we've been building towards the last three years is this festival-like experience where, you know, it's a great entertainment, great food, great music, and that's literally going to kick off tonight, even though the game isn't until tomorrow. So tonight at City Park will have um, a concert. Metro Boomin, uh, Star on the Rise, is going to take the stage and and um, and kind of kick off a, a weekend of festivities. We call it the City Block Party. So, um, you know, this is opening weekend. We're doing it big, but you know, throughout the season, seventeen home games. That's the the kind of thing that our fans can expect. Hey Matt, what times could people get down there tomorrow uh, for all of the events that are taking place, and and how long should they expect to be down there? Um, So we uh, our festivities will kick off around four o'clock and we really, you know, want to remind people while, uh, you know, tickets are are hard to come by. um, We'll have plenty of things to do in the public plaza area for, you know, families, bring a dog. uh, Weather's supposed to be nice. Uh, so about 4 p.m., but, you know, with all the surrounding bars and activities in downtown West, uh, we know people are going to make a day out of it for sure. Matt, I, I'm going to try to squeeze some secrets out of you, okay? So just okay. just tell me. I was over at the stadium yesterday doing some interviews, and I know that you guys were getting everything prepared for the game day experience. What will the game day experience be like inside? Once fans get in there, what maybe video montages you guys have planned? I mean, what will the experience be like once the game gets going or even beforehand? Yeah, I mean, soccer, soccer is, you know, it's a beautiful game. It's the international game. It's very... 
tribal and communal. So um, I think it's, you know, generally speaking, it's, it's an experience that I don't think not a lot of St. Louis sports fans have seen. There, there's going to be singing and chanting and anthems, you know, sung by 22,000 people. Um, so that's really, you know, that that's a bit outside of our control. That's the supporters and the fans. Um, from our side, though, we, you know, we, we want fans to be in their seats early um, before the ball kicks at 730 because we do have um, a number of, of things up our sleeves, a couple of really nice montage videos. Uh, we've got uh, a bit of a, a light show and, um, and, and, and a full stadium TIFO um, that is really a, a mosaic that all fans will participate in to create a really iconic photo to uh, remember for the next couple decades here. Wow, that would be awesome. And then also the local restaurants, too, that you guys have in there for fans. If you could just talk about that. Is there a favorite? I know that might be hard to pick. Is there a favorite that fans will have to stop by? Uh, you know, we've got over 25 local restaurants, and I, I do think, you know, everybody has their local favorites. Um, what we're trying to do at City Park is is really surprise and delight. So, you know, even though you may have your two or three local uh, neighborhood restaurants that, that you go to, um, you know, City Park is a place where you discover new restaurants or maybe something you haven't tried so that, you know, on, on non-game days, maybe you're going to a different part of St. Louis to, to get that restaurant somewhere else. So we think that's pretty cool. So over 25 local restaurants, there's something for everyone. Matt, we, we mentioned that you've been gearing up for this day and for this season for two and a half years now. Is there anything that you, as the, the game day, the chief experience officer, uh, the, the game day guy, that you're particularly proud of that you were able to, to pull off that you're going to go over and check out tomorrow just because you think it's so cool? I think, you know, the, the balance of high tech and high touch, I, I, I think is pretty remarkable is this is a, a next gen stadium. We've got, you know, the, the light, the lights and, you know, the app does mobile order ahead, it's digital ticketing, it's cashless, but all of that tech really sits in the background. It, it is a beautiful space to be in architecturally speaking. And I think that balance is, is pretty unheard of, but, I mean, honestly, this has been three years building and it's been a construction project. Tomorrow, we, we really get to add the, the heart and soul of the stadium, and, and that's the fans and the supporters. So I'm, I'm just honestly looking forward to sitting back a little bit and, and listening to 22,000 people scream. That'll be awesome. And one of the things, actually the overarching thing that I've heard over the course of the last couple of days is about getting down there, getting parking. What are your recommendations for people to get to City Park tomorrow? I think one is just, you know, get down here early. There's going to be plenty to do. Weather looks like it's going to be really, really nice. Um, there are there is plenty of parking options, it, you know, down here. You can check out all those options um, in the city app. Um, but whether it's, you know, north of the stadium at, at Schlafly and some of the surrounding businesses, uh, it's Union Station and Maggie O'Brien south of the stadium. Um, there's a Metrolink stop at Union Station. There's a bike path that literally comes right down Market Street into our district. So there, there are a lot of options. I just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some, some time to, for fans to learn new behaviors. And the, the best recommendation is just to you know, plan, plan to get down here an hour or two early. Hey, Matt, you, you talked about planning this for years now, and, and you're the night before it happens. You had a trial run last year. How much sleep are you going to get tonight? 
we are we are running on uh, on, on all these coffee and adrenaline at this point. Um, so you know we we are we are, a lot of hours and and you know attention to detail has gone into this. But our, our team, like I, I can't express enough, like the the support the region and our fans have shown is it, it is literally keeping us going right now. So it's it's been it's been awesome. Matt, congratulations. We're so looking forward to tomorrow. Hopefully we can get another W. And uh, oh, one other thing we got to mention is the, the march to City Park. When does the march occur with the St. Luligans? And I, I guess people can just come and join in, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a scene. Again, it's one of those kind of soccer traditions that I don't think a lot of people have seen or participated in. So, um, you know, they, they will meet uh, north of the stadium and walk down Olive into uh into the northwest gate that's going to happen around uh 6 so again another reminder get get there get there early um plenty to plenty to see and do inside the stadium all right matthew congratulations looking forward to it have a great weekend thank you take care that's matt seebeck he is the chief experience officer for st louis city sc and the big thing is get down there early and you will have fun and the, the st luligans are awesome they're, they're a great group of really intense high energy fans that are gonna throw a party they'll they will have a party tomorrow to have been had this in the works for this number of years to to have all the 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 minor details the major details all coming together you know you had your trial run last year it, but it's not this moment it's this is the moment I, and i wanted to know how do you feel like how does that feel knowing that all of the work you all have put in is really coming to fruition and will be here and 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 i guess 36 hours? Yeah. <laughs> You're right on there, right on the in the moment of, of everything taking place. Kerry, my Fitbit told me I only got two hours and 46 minutes of sleep last <laughs> night, and I'm not bad feedback. <laughs> I'm sure it's not much sleep going on. It, it really is. I mean, I, like I mentioned, I was at the stadium yesterday. I did an interview with Carolyn Kendall, and just seeing that stadium, we were literally talking about how it was dirt not too long ago, mm-hmm. and now you have this beautiful stadium. The way that they have revitalized to that kind of downtown West area as well, having Maggie O'Brien's the pitch, if you guys haven't seen that Mm -hmm. yet as well too, is super cool so you can really just go to the bar, have some fun with friends walk over to the stadium, watch the game and then go back over to the bars afterwards it just, that whole area looks so cool now. It's going to be a lot of fun That's Brooke, that's Carrie. I'm Randy Coming up next on 101 ESPN, it's The Fight and we need a fighter So you can text in to 314-399-9646 314-399-YOHO If you would like to fight, just text to that number the word fight and perhaps Matthew will choose you to be this Friday fighter here on 101 ESPN You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener, and in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley and Matthew Rocchio. And it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is Doug. Doug, how are you doing this morning? Doug, you there? No, Doug? Hello, Doug? Oh, there we are. Hey, how's it going, Doug? Good morning. Doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. You're ready to roll? You ready to take on Megamind? 
ready as I'll ever be. All right, here we go. In the last 75 years of Cardinal baseball, only two pitchers have tallied more than 21 wins in a season. Bob Gibson did it twice, but who is the only other pitcher, only other Cardinal to do it? Is it Matt Morris, Joaquin Andahar, or Steve Carlton? Joaquin Andahar. Doug, in twenty twenty in the twenty twenty one draft, Alabama tied the record with six players drafted in the first round. Which program first set the mark with six players drafted in the two thousand four NFL draft? USC, Auburn, or Miami? Miami. Happy birthday to Jackie Joyner Kersey. Jay won six medals across four Olympic Games in two different events: the heptathlon and which other event? Is it the triple jump? The long jump or the pentathlon? The triple jump. There are only three pitchers in Major League Baseball history who have multiple 50 save seasons Mariana Rivera, Jim Johnson, and who else? Eric Gagne, Craig Kimbrell, or Fernando Rodney? I'm going to go with Eric Gagne. All right, we will double check the scores and we'll bring in Randy Carricker. Doug, how you feeling? Uh, feeling okay. So I, I often tell people the magic number is three. Do you fit at, at least three? If you get four, you're, you're you're golden. But at least three, you're you're in a position. How do you, do you feel like you got at least three today? I don't think so. You don't think so? Huh? Randy came in with a golf club. I don't know. Oh. What, is this part of your bludgeoning routine? What are you doing, oh, sir? No, this just came out of the Steelers' bag. <laughs> uh. Doug, sometimes we call the fight the bludgeon, and Randy came in with a golf club looking like he's am, uh, ready to do some damage. I'm considering new sticks for the 2023 campaign. Okay. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I got to practice with this. All right. Randy, say hello to Doug. Doug, good morning. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Just drop my club. <laughs> drop that one. <laughs> the, cl- the club was dropped. I love some Nat sound. All right, ready? Here we go. Okay. In the last 75 years of Cardinal baseball, only two pitchers have tallied more than 21 wins in a season. Bob Gibson did it twice, but who is the only other Cardinal to do it? More than 21. I think we are... Uh... Carpenter never had more than 21. Wayno hasn't had more than 21. Okay, can you reread the question here? I just want to make sure I get this right. In the last 75 years of Cardinal baseball, mm-hmm. only two pitchers have tallied more than 21 wins in a season. Bob Gibson did it twice, who is the only other Cardinal to do it. Seems to me that Matt Morris had a 22-win season. I'm going to go with Matty Moe. In the, 2000, uh, in the 2021 draft, Alabama tied the record with six players drafted in the first round. Which program first set the mark with six players drafted in the 2004 NFL draft? 2004. Okay, you had, uh, you had the Pete Carroll team going really well then. But they, they really got their guys drafted later with... Uh, Bush and White and all of those guys. You had, I think that Auburn team was later. You had the Miami team from that was maybe the best team ever in 02. And that team, this is the 04 draft we're talking about? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
So this would have been the Steven Jackson draft. So this would have been the Jonathan Vilma. This would have been Sean Taylor. This would have been Kellen Winslow. I think I'm going to go with Miami just because that team was loaded. (laughs) That might have been the best, in terms of NFL players, maybe the most talented NFL group of players ever at Miami. So I will go with the Hurricanes. Happy birthday to Jackie Joyner-Kersey. JJK won six medals across four Olympic Games in two different events. The heptathlon and which other event? Uh, I think it was... It was a great long jumper. I'll do the lifeline here, big boy. Triple jump, long jump, or pentathlon? I'm going to go with the long jump. There are only three pitchers in Major League Baseball history who have multiple 50 save seasons. Mariana Rivera, Jim Johnson, and who else? Jim Johnson is like, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Rivera, Jim Johnson. The chalk here would be um, Hoffman, obviously. Um, so this guy had to have at least 100 saves. That's just math right there. Um, Jim Johnson had more than 50 saves twice. Back-to-back years. Do you know who I'm going to go with? And this is an absolute shot in the dark because he has the all-time record. I'm going to go with K-Rod. I'm going to go with Francisco Rodriguez. We get 62. The season. So I'm going to go with K-Rod, kids. This was a close fight. A one-question win. This one came down to the very last question. Was it enough for Randy Carricker? Or does Doug slide in here for the second win of the week for Average Joe? Ring that bell and put down that club. Oh, my God. The winner and still champion of the fight. Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by Mobile On The Run. Join the On The Run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. Just win, baby. Or else, apparently. <laughs> Doug, I'm no, sorry. No, this is, it's, it, it, it's not. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> okay, I just. So I, I, I gotta give a I'm, visual. Okay, I, so I'm holding a club. I am not going all Elon Woods on you. No. Okay, I am just holding a club. You, you for those that that have watched this show, The Walking Dead, he put the club on his shoulder as if he was Negan yep. and about to bash some people in. That, that, <laughs> Do you think that about me? <laughs> I, I, I said it was close and it came down to the last question and at that moment Randy put the picked golf it up club on and then as shoulder. I say ring that bell the golf club pops onto his shoulder good lord that was terrifying oh, Doug I'm sorry Randy Carricker beat you 3-2 to two today he didn't get the jack but unfortunately just got you just got you at the end there 
Well, no reaction from Thank Doug. you That's very fine. much. In the last, <laughs> let's, go through, let's go through the answers. I'm scared too, Doug. I'm scared too. In the last 75 years of Cardinals baseball, only two pitchers have tallied more than 21 wins in a season. Bob Gibson did it in 68 and 70, but Matt Morris in 2001 hit that magic number of 22 for the St. Louis Cardinals. In the 2021 NFL Draft, Alabama tied the record with six players drafted in the first round, which program set the mark in 2004. It was, in fact, Miami Hurricane, Sean Taylor, Kellen Winslow, Jonathan Vilma, DJ Williams, Vernon Carey, and Vince Wilfork Vince all Wilfork. in the first round. The craziest part is Vince Wilfork was taken 21st. They had six first rounders in the first 21 picks of a, a of a 32 round like, pick draft. That's ridiculous. There's 11 spots they could have gotten number seven, but they did not. Number three, happy birthday to Jackie Joyner Kersey. JJK won six medals across four Olympic games in two different events. Those are the heptathlon and the long jump. I found out when researching that that the women do not participate in the triple jump, which I, or at least they didn't back hmm. when she was um, um, in the Olympics, uh, which I thought was kind of crazy. And there are three pitchers in MLB history who have multiple 50 safe seasons. It's Mariano Rivera, Jim Johnson, and Eric Gagne. Ah. Is Jim Johnson one of these things is not like the other in that list. He wasn't that good. Yeah, that's fair. Eric Gagne was all loaded up, I think, on uh, performance enhancers. Banana, hmm, perhaps. Bananas and, and, and hard yeah, work? Not quite. Not, okay, fair enough. 3-2 win for Andy Carricker in the fight. Doug, thank you so much again for joining the fight and joining the show today. Thank you. Good job, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Joe Vitale about the snow in Los Angeles, where the Blues are right now. That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. Brooke, officially a part of the team. I'm going to be out of town next week, so it'll be Kerry and Brooke that'll be uh, actually carrying the load for you. The Blues have acquired forward Jakob Verana from Detroit in exchange for Dylan McLaughlin and a 2025 seventh round draft pick. We go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, and joining us right now is Blues analyst, perhaps very tired, Joe Vitale. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, to the, the trio, the trio that was Brooke on board. Brooke, ready to go. You know, I'm, uh, I'm listening. Randy and Carrie, were, they were pulling the weight. It was a great show, but I know you're going to add such a great extra element, so I'm looking forward to hearing you guys. I'm doing well this, guy, this, this morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Everything's good. How's the weather in L.A.? Well, actually, believe it or not, so uh, Chris and I, Curbs and I actually stayed back. We stayed back this weekend. We're doing the games from Centene. Uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, the main reason, uh, not to get all morbid here, but my father just got a not, not, a not so great diagnosis uh, the other day. So we're with him at Sightman and we're getting all, all great. And it's, it's really good because the doctors over there are taking such good care of him. Um, and everything, everything so far has been wonderful. And just having the support of me and all the family this, this weekend is really important. So that's been good. So unfortunately, we did not make the trip out to San Jose, L.A., and Arizona. I'm bummed, too, because whenever we go to San Jose, it's so close, as you know, to San Francisco. And if ever I can squeeze, like, 
uh, a few hours out on a day off. I hop on that, that bullet train that takes you to San Francisco. I catch up with some old sourdough buddies. And then I'm back on my way. But unfortunately, this was the one trip I had to miss this year. Well, Joey, our prayers are with with you and, and your dad and your family, Thank okay? You. Thank you, Green. I appreciate that. Hey, Joey, the, the Blues finally got it going last night uh, with a 6-3 victory over the Sharks. What did you see that finally, I guess, broke the broke it all open for them to get the, goal in the, net, get the puck in the net and score some goals? You know, Karen, I think it was just one goal led to two and two to three. You know, I... It's hard to say. It's hard to pinpoint one thing. And you know, when you talk about streaks in hockey, whether it's winning streaks, losing streaks, or how to get things back on the right track, you know, a lot of times coaches and players say, "Hey, we just we just need one. Let's get one, and then that could build into two, and then, and then you start to build something." But it does start with one. Obviously, the Colton Pareko goal uh, to get things rolling after being down by two. You know, that that certainly got the the team going a little bit. I really believe it was the Jordan Cairo power play goal, the second goal that to me really just jolted this team in the right direction. Number one, because not only do you tie the game, but more importantly, you get a power play goal, which you really needed. I mean, this power play was not doing so good heading into last night's game. So I think that goal gave a lot of belief to some of the star players on that team. Of course, it it just started to build. Buchnevich, four assists last night. And I think that there was um, a bit of a a discussion between the first and second intermission. We talked to Kasperi Kapanen. After the game, he talks about how there was a little bit of a wake-up call between uh, the first and second intermission. I, I can't imagine it being anything other than simply, hey, we're tired of losing. We're, we're, we're fed up with losing. We've lost to some good teams, but now here we are losing to a team that's below us. I mean, so that is where I think that win last night, it was so important for the Spirits. You don't mind losing a tough game to the Seattle crack, and they're a good hockey team. You don't mind losing to the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, these are playoff-destined teams. But to, to drop a game at home to the Vancouver Canucks, that, w- that was a heartbreaker. And then now to drop one potentially to the San Jose Sharks being down 2 nothing after the first period, that's another one that just cut off the page like, oh, man, come on, boys. Like We, we got better than this. We got to get this thing going in the right direction. And it was certainly a good response in that second period. Joey, you know, you can't replace number 90 and number 91, um, but bringing in Kapanen and now Rana, what will that do? How will that help the top six for the Blues? Well, I think it's going to take a little bit of pressure, uh, Brooke. It's going to take a little bit of pressure off of, I think, you know, maybe Kyrou and Thomas right now. You know, you lose, and Boots Davis for that matter, you lose O'Reilly and Tarasenko, right? So then the idea is that this team is clearly moving in a different direction. So that direction now, uh, the pillars of that new direction, for the most part, is Thomas and Cairo on the offensive side of things, with Bush Davis kind of being that third pillar, right? I mean, that, that's what's understood. Now, I think what's important about the development of a young player is you can't put too much on them too quickly. And what I mean by that is when Jonathan Tavares went to Toronto, there was a debate. Who's going to be the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Is it going to be Tavares, who they just signed as a free agent? Or is it going to be Austin Matthews, who clearly is their franchise player? Now, Austin Matthews at the time, I believe he was only 22, 23 years old when this all was going down. So they were looking at it, well, although Austin is going to have more years, hopefully, with us and be the franchise face of this team for the next decade, is it really in his best interest to give him the C and put this much pressure on him? So they decided to go with the already proven captain and the older guy in Jonathan Tavares. And I think it's actually worked out pretty well. As you see, Austin Matthews clearly... Uh, has not hindered his development one bit at all. And I think the same, the same goes for Thomas and Cairo. 
you have to be very careful about how you handle these young players and their development and, and what that looks like. If you throw too much on them too quickly, it can really, it can truly overwhelm them um, from a leadership standpoint, from a playing time standpoint. So I think when you add a player, a veteran proven player like Casper Kapanen, I think that's why that move was made. We need more established players. We need someone to come in here and, and help grab this thing. We, we can't be what the Arizona Coyotes are doing. We couldn't be what the Buffalo Sabres have been for almost a decade as far as just having just so many young guys because not only are you not going to win hockey games, you really are going to just uh, disrupt the development of a young player where maybe they don't get as good or as elite as quickly as you like to see. So I think you add some proven players in there. Of course, I had a great uh, empty night goal last night. He had a great chance in the second period. He just missed on a 2 on zero. He's had his looks. But to certainly get the one on the board for Kapanen, I think is going to show him, the, obviously, the confidence moving forward in the rest of this road trip. All right, Joey V, we opened the segment by mentioning that there was snow in Los Angeles this week, and a woman named Olivia Duke said she's been trapped in her home, and the only food that she had left in her home was oatmeal. So Joey V is trapped in his home and only has one food left. What is the food that you're choosing that you want to be stocked up on? Oh, come on, Randy. It's a silly question. It's flour. It's just one ingredient. It's just flour. You know you know that. I mean, think about it. Think about what, what you could do with flour. I mean, because, listen, you got water from the faucet. Everyone's got salt, yep. you know? So then it's just, then you just make some sourdough bread. That's that, that's all that it was. That, that's how bread, you know, got started. It's like back in, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. They, they got all these wheat, they found all these wheat um, stalks. And these, like, homo sapiens looked at these wheat stalks. And Randy and, uh, and Brooke and Carrie, they, they, they tried eating them and it tastes like gravel. You ever, you ever seen like a, a wheat berry? It's like it's like a rock. Like you can't, you can't. So then they said, okay, well, uh, shoot, well, what, what are we going to do? So what they did, they started, they started to pound it. They started to grind it down and it made like this powder. And of course they they lifted it, they spit it out. It was just powder. It was gross, right? Well, then some, uh, some Aristotle of, of, of his time said, well, let's mix it with some water and let's make some porridge. So obviously oatmeal. Uh, mm-hmm. To her point, oatmeal was created in that moment. So then the evolution, hundreds and thousands of years, continued to go by. And all of a sudden, one, uh, one homo sapien maybe had too much mead the night before, and he forgot that he left his oatmeal out on the windowsill. And then all of a sudden, it goes by for five, six days, and he checks on his oatmeal that he left there last Saturday night, and it's blown up. It's like quadruple the size. So what does he do? He tries it. Of course, it tastes sour and disgusting. So then he spits it out. But then his buddy, <laughs> who is basically the uh, the Renaissance man of, of our of our bread time, said, well, you know, if you can't eat it now, let's just put it in the oven and see what happens. And boom, there's your, there's your sourdough bread. So again, all you need is flour, man. Flour, water, salt, a little bit of love and a lot of time. And uh you had the most nutritious stuff in the world for it. You know that, Randy. I had Joey. no idea, by the way. That, <laughs> I had no idea that's, that, that that's how sourdough bread started. So I'm, oh, sure. I'm glad oh, to know. Absolutely, man. That, that, that is exactly the way bread was created. And uh, I know we were talking about San Francisco. Go to San Francisco. It is the best sourdough bread in the world. And it's not an opinion. If you go to San Francisco, for, for all of you who have been there, you know that San Francisco it hangs. It hangs generally, for the most part, between like forty, between like forty and eighty degrees. It doesn't really go really above eighty too much. It doesn't drop in the freezing temperatures. Now, why is that important for sourdough bread? Well, sourdough bread is basically bacteria. You're using the bacteria of the air and, of course, the wheat in your hands. And bacteria needs the right temperature to grow, as we know. That's why a refrigerator is below 35 degrees because bacteria can't grow. And that's why when you put something in the oven, boom, you blow up the bacteria, you kill it because it's too hot. So bacteria loves that 40 to 80 range. 
And of course, San Francisco's temperatures hang around 40 to 80, not to mention it's got the humidity coming off the coast. So it is the perfect environment for bacteria to grow, hence the best sourdough bread in the world. Uh, one one thing, have you not watched The Last of Us, Joey? You can't have all this dependence on flour. That new show hey, that's come out? <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I, maybe, maybe I should get into it. Maybe I should start my own show. I don't know. No, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's beyond fascinating stuff. I know. Well, if anybody hasn't watched Last of Us, it involves zombies, it involves flour, oh. and the zombies come from the flour. So either way, not ruining for you, but just saying. So flowers, flour and zombies. This is like this is like literally a show made for me. Yes, Perfect. you got to watch it and get back to me, Joey. Hey, Joey. Okay, I, I'm, I'm on it. One, one more thing here, and I, I just want to toss this out. Have you ever heard of a sourdough puff? A sourdough puff. So no, they, they used to have these stores in San Francisco called the San Francisco Sourdough Puff Store, and they would take the dough and they would deep fry it, and then they could put in like whipped cream and strawberries, or they would put in garlic and olive oil. So you had a, like a savory puff or a sour or, or a sweet puff. They were all spectacular, and I don't think they make them anymore. Somebody's got to come back with this though: the deep fried sourdough, and then put in like really good fillings. You know what, Randy? I, so I, I have made that before. I didn't know it was called a puff. So when you're refreshing your starter every day, there's obvious, and this is what people struggle with with sourdough. They're like, oh, what do I do with what do I do with my waste after I refresh it with a little bit of the mature starter? What do I do with the wasted starter? And they say, I say, well, you got to throw it away. Unfortunately, you know, it's like a dirty diaper. Like you, you get your baby and you, you clean it, clean it all up, and then you got this dirty diaper of waste. Well, you're not going to save it. You got you to chuck it. Then that's the same way with a, with sourdough starter. If it's if it's the exposed sourdough starter, you got to throw it away. But a friend of mine in San Francisco, he never, ever threw away his sourdough starter. And what he did, he made these little patties and he fried them on the stove with like olive oil. And I tell you what, they're like the best little pitas, but I never thought about filling it with anything like cream or cherries. But that is something that I have done and I'm going to, I'm going to look more into it. So it's called the Sourdough San Francisco Pop. Yeah, if you just Google, and so I think the stores aren't around anymore, but there's a, a million stories about it. So they, they would put ice cream in it and all kinds of different fruits and stuff. It was really good. I tell you what, maybe, maybe I'll start the Sourdough Puff section. You get your carrot cake section, and then we'll do uh, we'll a little shop here in Kirkwood. You know, uh, next, <laughs> next home game, I will bring you a carrot cake. Are you serious? Don't don't, don't tease me, Randy. I'm not teasing don't. you. Let me, let me check okay. the schedule here. Home next home game because we got a three game West Coast trip here, right? Oh, you know what? Hold on, because I'm going to be out of town next week. Next home game that I'm in town, I'm going to bring you a, a carrot cake. I like it. Do me a favor this time. Don't don't come in all flashy and show it off to everyone because everyone wants a bite. Like, can we just yeah, right. slide this under the table? I'll slide it to you. By the so way, can you put it in one of your can you put it in one of your Lululemon bags? I know you're wearing all that Lululemon these days, Randy. If you just slide it in one of your Lululemon old bags, um, and then just slide it right under my desk, no one will have to know it's there. And I don't need to. Sh- I'm tired of sharing it. I'm actually a pretty selfish person. I don't want to share the carrot cake anymore. Joey V, you got it. And by the way, I'm going to be in Arizona. I was hoping to see you in Arizona on Tuesday night because I'm going to the game. But when the Blues play here on the 12th against Vegas, count on it. You got it. You guys have a great day. Uh, Brooke, 
Welcome to the awesome team. Uh, Kerry, you have a great weekend. And uh, Randy, always a pleasure talking to you. Love you, Joey. See you later. Okay, boys. You guys have a great day now. Uh, Bye-bye. Take care. That's our buddy Joe Vitale here on 101 ESPN. He's... He's as good as it gets. How, did, how about that? Now you know how sourdough bread got started. I was trying to write it all down, and uh, <laughs> can't say it? I did got you? all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. <laughs> hey, the Blues won last night, and this morning they made a trade. We're going to give you the information on both next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to break down the biggest sports story of the day on the opening drive with today's big thing. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. The movement was way better for sure. There, you know, for me, I right away I could tell the way they were moving around that good things were going to happen. Winds it around, and then Corey Crew in front. Hyrule wide open, shoots. He scores. Hyrule. A power play goal is 10th power play goal, and the Blues have tied the game at two. What a pass from behind the net. Seen pass, Buchnevich waiting back to Kyra, right in, and they score! What a pass, and Shen buries it, and the Blues, another power play goal, and they lead four. Just incredible passing. John Kelly, Darren Pang, the call last night on Valley Sports Midwest. The Blues come back from a 2-0 deficit after the first period and win it by a score of 6-3. Goals from Pareko, Kairou, Logan Brown, Shen, Pitlick, and Kapanen, Butchnevich with four assists, and the Blues snap their six-game skid by winning in San Jose. They'll be in L.A. tomorrow night, pregame at 8.30 here on 101 ESPN. Meanwhile, the Blues also announced this morning that they have made a trade with the Detroit Red Wings for forward Jacob Vrana, or is it Jakob? Jakob Vrana. There Jakob. we go. Jakob Vrana. Yep. The, the Blues give up forward Dylan McLaughlin and a seventh round pick in 2025. Vrana spent the last three years with Detroit. He has 32 points, 22 goals, and 10 assists, and 18 penalty minutes in 42 regular season games. He's six foot, 195, drafted by Washington in the first round in 2014, and has made 284 regular season appearances over five seasons with the Caps, posting 157 points. And uh, he is from Prague, Czech Republic. So Jakob Vrana, now a member of your St. Louis Blues. Well, and the biggest thing that sticks out to me right here, because Doug Armstrong kind of alluded to this, he's looking for guys under the age of 30, right? So Vrana, 27, you bring in Kasperi Kapanen, 26 years old. So you're adding two... Essentially, guys that you would assume would fit into your top six, right? Under the age of 30. I think that that's extremely helpful, especially for really not having to give away that much. And the Red Wings, it looks like, are going to retain 50% of his salary for this season. Well, I, I they are. Yeah, I read that as well. And the fact that they, the Red Wings actually waived him earlier this year, and they now traded him for a seventh-round draft pick. It seems as though they were willing to get him out for whatever reason, I, I think we're going to have to, you know, really see what he is and who he is while it, when he gets here, um, how well he plays. Does he skate hard? Does he get back on defense? Because if a team is waving you earlier in the year and they bring you back and then they're willing to trade you for a seventh round pick and pay half of your salary, that sounds like a team that wanted you to leave or was ready for you to leave. So I, I, maybe the change of scenery for, for Jakob Vrana will allow him to have more success I just want to see someone play hard, skate hard, um, do all of the things that that 
are necessary to win games. And we've seen enough of teams not uh, of our forwards not back checking, not playing a 200 foot game. If they if he is of that mindset, it's going to be rough to watch. But maybe you know being traded, having been waived earlier this season, maybe all of those things will kind of set him in the right path and get him in the right direction to play the game the right way to win games. In Vrana's years with the Red Wings, he never played a full season. Jeremy Rutherford has a piece already up at The Athletic about the trade. He had shoulder surgery in 2021, and then he went into the player assistance program this season, which means that he had what uh, they used to call a chemical imbalance. Is that a substance assistance? Yeah, substance I would think, abuse? I would think is that, that kind of like the yeah, NFL? That's, that's, uh, they assist the players, yeah, with that. Okay, well... Hopefully he's got all of those things corrected. I mean, he if you're Randy, if you're a first round talent, meaning you're drafted 13th overall, you're drafted in the first round. Someone somewhere thought highly enough of you to select you at that point, and which means that you clearly have the talent. I talk about this all the time. There is so much that goes into being a professional athlete and being an elite professional athlete. Every one of them. And that most of professional athletes have the skill set, have the ability. Not everyone have the mental capacity to play at such an elite level, which is why when we were talking about Jordan Walker, why he's so impressive, because he seems like the finished product. When you are a professional athlete and you can be as talented as you are, but you don't have the mental uh, wherewithal to go through the rigors of being a professional athlete. Moon talked about it earlier, mm-hmm. just the, the, the how athletes and, and musicians kind of link up because we play the game for fun, but then the, everything else comes in. If you're not able to sustain that, it's going to be tough on you. So hopefully older gentlemen, been there for a few years, has figured some things out. Hopefully. To me, the Blues just bought a lottery ticket, and they hope that it cashes in. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. And they only, only got to pay half for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, it makes a lot of sense. And look, I mean, we hear all the time, look at Tarasenko, what he's doing right now. Sometimes a change of scenery right. is literally all you need. Is it really sad to watch Tarasenko do that? Of course, especially if you're a Blues fan, not so much if you're a Rangers fan. But Tarasenko's tearing up. Sometimes... It's just a change of scenery. So that's what it seems like, hopefully, that the Blues are banking on with these two guys that they brought in, with Kapanen as well, is a change of scenery will benefit them, benefit the Blues. They're a little bit older than Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. They're around the same age as Pavel Buchnevich, so you have a little bit more experience. I feel like it could only benefit them right now, mm-hmm. yeah. better than nothing. I was asking you, is he a top six uh, player, you you said you think he's a third line guy. His numbers to me and his durability, which whether it's because of the injury or because of the uh, the player assistance issue, but his durability doesn't lend itself, and the overall numbers don't lend itself to him being a top six guy. But he's also he doesn't play defense, yeah. So he's not a fourth line guy either. So he's probably pigeonholed in as a third line player unless he realizes the ability that you talked about him being a number one pick in the last three seasons. This season included, he's only played third. 30, where are we at? 42 games? Yeah. So he 11 in 2021, 26 in 21, 22, and five so far this year. Yeah. So hopefully they have uh, have picked a winning lottery ticket. One other note from our buddy Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from The Athletic. In the last week, the Blues have brought in Vrana and now Kapanen along with re-signing Sammy Blay. That's three forwards for a total of $6.825 million. That leaves the Blues with $5.8 million in cap space for next year with 18 players under contract. Any further significant improvements to the roster would require freeing up salary with the trade of a defenseman, which would be, obviously, Krug, Falk, Pareko, or maybe Letty. 
or perhaps uh, Scandella. Are they on the hook for Verona's total 5.75 next year at the Blues? They have to pay that entire salary? According to what JR is saying, the $2.625 million that the Detroit's going to pay 50% next year, too. Oh, oh well, so that's well, a good you thing. really got to steal then. Yeah, if, right. if he can play. If he can play. But if he can't play, it's $2.6 million against your cap? Hey, Randy, I, I can't play. You can pay me $2.6 million. Yeah. Yeah. I, But you know what I will do? I will hustle my ass off. Mm-hmm. And I will hit people. So, Army, if you're listening. I, I know one team. <laughs> they just that, throw you uh, out there. I, I know one team that you could go hit people for, but you'd still hate it. And I'm going to tell you what that franchise is next on 101 ESPN. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Grimsley and uh, Steelers Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Kerry Davis not only played with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he played with the Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. uh, a cup of coffee with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons, and... Uh, uh, we uh, we don't count Miami or Washington because okay, I didn't yeah. play in any games. Okay. Uh, but Did I was you, there. When you were there in any of those particular outposts, mm-hmm. Did you ever see a rat in your locker room or in oh. your facility? I no, uh, Randy. <laughs> no, I have the not. The number one complaint <laughs> in an NFLPA survey oh of God. the Jacksonville Jaguars, the number one complaint from their players, is that they have a rat problem. That is ridiculous. That 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 is probably. One of the most egregious things, if you are a professional athlete and you have a, a an owner that is a billionaire, mm-hmm. there is no reason whatsoever to have rats or, or, or rodents in your workplace. I don't care what, Randy, I don't care what you do or where you're from. It just not, it's not something that should take place. And this isn't just one player. It's the number one complaint for players in Jacksonville that they had three to four weeks during this past season when they were pretty darn good where there was a rat infestation in the locker room and in the laundry hampers. Mm. That being said, that being said, Kerry, let me tell you about those Arizona Cardinals. All right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So the Cardinals will let you take food home from their practice facility. But... They charge players to take the food home. From the survey, quote, if players would like dinner, it'll be boxed up for them, but players reported that the team will charge you via payroll deduction. This is apparently the only club that does this. Players also noted that they are charged for every meal they eat at the facility during the season, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Their quality of food ranked dead last in the league. (laughs) Bad food does not sound like a great way to entice free agents. So, okay, go ahead, see. You have the floor. Randy, you are charging your athletes to eat food at your facility to take food home these are some of the best athletes in the world one of the most important things for an athlete is nutrition if you want your players to be successful and be at the best that they can be they need to eat breakfast lunch dinner have a couple of snacks in between and they're not going to do that if you're nickel and diming them to pay for meals that is a terrible decision by upper management, and whoever decided that should lose their job today. I know a player that played for the Cardinals, and if you took an extra pair of socks, they would charge you for it. Yeah, that, that, that it, it's it's 
It's overbearing. That's too much. That is, you know, I... I so you wouldn't it, want to play... That was a team I... In the promo, I said a team that Kerry Davis would I, not want to play for. I actually thought you were going to say Baltimore Ravens, but this is actually much worse than that could ever be. I, paying for food at the facility? You're going to take it out of my check? Like, as if I'm going to a drive through or going to, to have a meal with my family? I come to the facility to eat. I, I don't eat breakfast at home because I come to work to eat, and you're charging me for that. That's was it the, did I see that the Chiefs didn't do well also in some yeah, certain grades? They're, uh, and I was training surprised staff, about that. Yeah, and by the way, they're, yeah, their training staff has been around. Maybe that's the problem. It's been around forever. Maybe they aren't really up to snuff. The Chiefs training staff ranked as the worst in the NFL. That's crazy. Yeah, players' main issues with the staff were that they, quote, feel discouraged from reporting their injuries, they do not feel they get the level of personal <laughs> care that they should, and they fear retribution for speaking up for better care. That's an old-school yep. mentality. That is a, a, a group of people that have been there for, as you said, been there for a long time. That's a philosophy. When you're an older uh, uh, training mindset, you don't players don't come to see you because – they are. Uh, th- th- there's nothing that is going to be done. And as you said, if I t- say that I'm hurt, I'm looked at as weak. I had to tell Randy. You know, I coach high school football, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah. I, I don't want to go into a story real quick. I had to tell our AD, our old AD, one time. I said, "Hey, hey, hey! You know, we don't have superhuman athletes. You do realize that, don't you?" He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "We never have kids in the training room. Why do you think that is?" He said, oh, "I don't know." I said, "They're not superhuman. They they get hurt. They just don't go see the trainer because he's." old school mentality the old you can't make the club from the top mentality so it's never anybody in there you take a quick glance you're like this is a healthy team it's a healthy school nah that guy doesn't he's not going to provide the assistance that the kids need and that's the same thing that you would say probably in the Kansas City Chiefs situation do the kids go into the training room now no he's still there hmm interesting chilling interesting Hmm. now here's the Ravens the Ravens got an F-minus in their strength and conditioning. The survey had to say about Baltimore's situation, 30 of the 32 teams in the NFL gave their strength coaches fairly positive reviews. Baltimore was one of the two teams that fell well below that test, and they were even significantly below the second-worst team. Players don't feel like the strength staff helps them be more successful. The team recently parted ways with head strength coach Steve Saunders, so... It'll be interesting to see if this area improves in his absence. Rashad Bateman had a tweet actually yesterday about keeping players healthy. Lo and behold, their staff gets an F minus for strength and conditioning. Steve is a good guy. I actually know Steve. Steve actually worked with us in Pittsburgh for a little while. So that's surprising. But, you know, maybe when it's a few people versus 53 or 60 plus, it might be a little bit of difference. Yeah. I, I mean... The, these gradings are really interesting to me. Do you think the actual change will come from this? I think so. I was looking at this as well. So one of the things that really caught my attention, and this is this is probably it, it's difficult for these for these I guess ratings to really give credit to because the Denver Broncos had their rating for their locker room. I think it was a D. And wow, I can D plus, and I can tell you as a visiting player. The Denver Broncos have the best visiting locker room in the entire league. Mm. And so as a visiting player, you look at the visiting locker room and say, whoa, if this is what the visitor's locker room looks like, I wonder, I couldn't imagine what the what the home locker room looks like. So that may be a little bit of guys not being anywhere else or coming from such 
prestigious colleges where their locker room is so set up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different in, in, in the NFL than it is in college. The Denver Broncos locker room, we all were – Randy, there are locker rooms in the NFL where you are sharing a locker with another grown man, and when he gets dressed, you got to find somewhere else to go. And when you get dressed, he got to find somewhere else to go because you all are sitting there <laughs> shoulder to shoulder. It is no room for 53 men in the locker room that small. It's probably built for 20 people, mm-hmm. 20 regular-sized people, not 53 foot. Football players. It's interesting that the teams that are rated the best overall are the Vikings, Dolphins, and Raiders. I'm kind of surprised the Raiders are. The three worst, the Cardinals, the Chargers, and the Commanders. The main complaint about the Chargers is that they don't have enough room in their facility, but next year they're moving into a new multi-million dollar facility, practice facility, so that should change. Biggest complaint about Washington is Daniel Snyder, <laughs> and uh, we, we already know about the Arizona Cardinals. So there you have it. Uh, if you're a Cardinal fan, get Michael bid will do to, to pay some players or just give players some food buy, buy some players let, let them take the food home that's ridiculous to me that's awful yep. uh, that is Kerry that is Brooke I am Randy coming up here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN we have a hero in our midst and we are going to meet him next on 101 ESPN you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And one of the most overused words in sports is hero. He was the hero of the game today, or he is a, a hero. And we are fortunate to have a real-life hero in our midst. His name is Jackson Muse. He plays basketball for Belleville East. Jackson, thanks for stopping by. Great to have you with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Jackson is uh, one of the candidates for the um, Jersey Mike's Naismith Courage Award in basketball. And he's got a great story to tell. Uh, let's start with this. Uh, what year are you at Belleville East, and uh, how's everything going this year? I'm a senior at Belva East. Everything's going pretty well, you know, uh, just getting ready to, uh, for college right now. Good. And do you know, have you picked out a school where you're going? Yes, sir, I committed to uh, Cover Stockton. Very nice. Good. Okay, we, we need to tell the story. You witnessed earlier this season uh, a terrible traffic accident while you were driving. Uh, okay, so you, you see the accident in front of you. Tell us what happened next. Um. So I see the accident. Uh, wait a couple minutes. I see a car in the ditch. Um, like five minutes later, I get a text on my phone uh, from one of my teammates, actually, Alex Jackson, uh, saying that he was actually in the accident. So I can't see him because the, the building I was at was blocking his car. So um, basically, I hop on my car, throw my keys to the person behind me, and then, um, yeah, I ran out to him and was looking for him. I couldn't find him, and then uh, a couple minutes later, found him, and then... From there, it was just happened. That, that that's an awesome story, and that that's uh that's what we I, I coach high school football, so I talk to my kids often about being leaders and taking care of their teammates, treating each other like brothers, and and for you to witness the accident, to get the text, and realize oh you know one of my friends is in need, and and to jump out of the car and go out there and, and help people in need, you know that that's a testament to to your upbringing, to I'm sure all of the coaches that you've had in your career that have taught you how to be a leader, how to be a great young man. So hats off to you, man. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. really happy 
happy to hear and to see uh, that you were able to do that and to be able, to be actually be you know nominated for award because of your heroic act is is a blessing and it's awesome uh, to see. Yes, and sir. So I was going to ask you. You you say you're a hooper, right? Yes, sir. You 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 love basketball. Yes, sir. So who is your favorite basketball player? Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. No, no, no. You didn't even stop no. or pause or or you yes. didn't. Ha- I, I didn't even get to finish the question. You a Luka Magic. <laughs> yes. You like you like what he's doing. Yes, love him. You think him and Kyrie have a chance to to make a championship definitely, run? Definitely. Okay. I got them. I got them winning all uh, finals this year. Oh, okay. I got to win every year though. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I just wanted to go back to this award because this is so huge, such an honor. You're the first student athlete in the area yes, to ma'am. get nominated for this. Just tell me how that came about. Obviously, when you do that heroic act, you're not thinking about getting an award or anything. You're just looking to help others. But when you found out you were nominated for this, I mean, what did that feel like for you? Um, I'm not gonna lie. It felt I didn't I didn't get a feeling from it uh, until like later later on. Um, just knowing that he was okay, just it, it helped me a lot. Knowing he was okay, and yeah, and, and this was a, a serious accident. You, the, the teammate that you helped out of the vehicle uh, was only uh, in, in, inflicted with minor injuries, but somebody in the accident actually passed away. Yes, so it was a pretty yes, serious sir. injury. And I asked you uh, off the air before we got started: Is this something when you learn about the accident? Did you even have to think, or was it just a, a natural reaction for you to go to the scene and help somebody? Nah, it's instinct, and um, especially after he, uh, I got that text message. It's, it's when it, cause I've I've already lost two two of my friends uh, when I was younger, so it's like, God, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And. What's it like to to be? It's one thing to be called a hero. You hit the last second shot. Oh, he's a hero. <laughs> but you're a real hero. What's that like for you? Um, it's very humbling. Um. That's about it. It's very humbling. So you, you've obviously, you're on the radio with us. Who is some of the most interesting people that you've had a chance to talk to or have you had a chance to, to meet or hear from anyone since this heroic act took place? Actually, you all have been uh, the second interview. second interview I had is probably the most... Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that you were there that day. And like I said, man, that that is a special uh, moment and a bond that you and your friend Jackson will be able to to talk about, you know, for yes, years to come and, and talk about, you know, man, thank you for being there for me. And I'm I'm glad I could be there for you in that moment, because as you said, you, you're a young man. You seem like you got a really good head on your shoulders. You got yes, uh, great parents here that are, are here supporting you. And it seems like you got a, a great future ahead of you. So keep going in the the right direction. Keep working hard. Keep working on that jump shot and, and dribbling <laughs> that ball. If you if you got a little handles to you, just keep working, man. And and everything you do, work your best at it and try to be the best you can be. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, Jackson's proud parents, Tony and Tiffany, are here, and it's great to have the, the entire group uh, group in studio with us. Uh, and Jackson, we're so proud that you represent our community and you'll be uh, nominated to hopefully win this Jersey Mike's Naismith Courage Award because what you did was incredibly courageous. And uh, as a group, I know we're all proud of you and uh, the entire St. Louis region is too. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing. Thank you. That is uh, Jackson Muse. And he is one of the candidates for the Jersey Mike's Naismith Courage Award. By the way... Ran across four lanes of traffic to get to yes. this accident. Yes. <laughs> Did you have to dodge any cars? Uh, no, every every traffic was stopped. Pretty light yes, at that point. You're you're a hero, and it's great to have you with us. That's Thank you. Jackson joining us here in studio on the opening drive. We're gonna head down the stretch. 
Tim McKernan, is he is still in Florida today or is he back today? Yeah. He's still in Florida. Okay. Uh, so Tim McKernan and uh, Jackson Burkett will have a balloon party, but we've got rock and roll coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. NHL trade deadline and the Blues acquisition of Jakob Brana from the Detroit Red Wings. Blues give up a guy that they had signed as a free agent, Dylan McLaughlin, and a seventh round pick in 2025. So it doesn't seem like they gave up much for an opportunity to have Jakob on their team. Jakob. You like saying that, don't I you? I do. I, that's kind of my favorite name on the team now. <laughs> I'm with Randy on that one. It makes me, it makes me, it made me mad when I found out that it was Jacob Ch- Chitrin, and I was like, oh, oh come yeah. on. We don't need him. If you're going to well, spell it like that, just go full bore. You like Jakob better than Kasperi? I think I do. Kasperi Kapanen? Kasperi Kapanen? Sounds very, uh, like, piratey for some reason. It I don't sounds know. Like, like very <laughs> magical like to yeah. me. It does, but then you, you hear him, and he's not going to go, Argh. Sorry, yeah. we need to get cameras in here. Kasperi. Like, that would have made a gif. Of, I would have made a gif and put it on the internet of Carrie going, Kasperi, with jazz hand like Jazz hands. <laughs> and then little glitter and lights yeah. sparkling oh, on the hands. We need to get cameras in here yes. so bad. Carrie, why did you just do that? I'm just, just saying. Us? Oh. I, think it's, I, think, I think that's the best name. You make me sad. <laughs> you make me sad sometimes. <laughs> what do we got for rock and roll? Well, we got a big thing right now. I thought, found this was funny. I was watching ESPN yesterday because... Who doesn't love the mothership? And they were they were talking it was, they were talking about the city of New York and who could be the next franchise to bring home a championship. Here's what the uh, sound sounded like on ESPN. Who, mind you, paid three hundred million dollars in a deal for the NHL's rights. Which team in New York do you think wins a championship next? Rangers. Oh, Lord. Come on, Patrick Kane is able. They don't count. They don't count. They don't count. Only thing I know about hockey hockey is is that the puck is black. And I love Gary Bettman. That's my buddy. For for purposes for Stephen A. It is no no disrespect to the Rangers and to Patrick Kane, of course, but just just for Stephen A. Football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. (laughs) $300 million for the rights of the NHL. And Michael Kay's very good prediction the Rangers might be the first one gets just slapped out of the air by Stephen A. Smith. Football, baseball, basketball. That's it. Right? He, he's very honest. There's two things that he will not talk about that much. That's hockey and soccer. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, he stays in his wheelhouse. He, he understands, you know, how to how to go about his business. Yeah. It seems pretty smart to me. So now, which, is that good? Not necessarily. I can, because I think it like really infuriated. I saw it all, all over Twitter, NHL fans, where it's like, this is why it should be on ESPN, blah, blah, blah. Like, they don't care about hockey. I don't look. It's just that's just Stephen A. Smith. It's one person. He doesn't. Yeah. He just doesn't want to talk about it. And I think that's fair. If you don't feel comfortable talking about it, then just don't. Yeah. It's, uh, hey, if you don't want to, don't you don't do it. It's fine. Is anybody going to run to Stephen A. Smith? What running to like running at him for hockey takes when you're used to yeah, basketball really. and football takes from no. him? Not yeah. at all. Great hey, point. He's not the person you're running to for that. Probably not the best that when you, when you, when you got the rights and you're in one of your and your biggest hosts is just like I don't want to talk about that sport ever, especially when you have a New York guy on and Michael K. Just play along with the segment. Uh, and it's not that's even not where he was going. He was hoping for Knicks. That's all he wanted. Yeah. Nets. 
uh, you know, Mets, Yankees. That's what he was referring to. He, he, Giants and Jets. That's all that matters. Just saying, Carrie, if we asked you about Jakob Vrana and Kasperi Kapanen, you got no, no. takes, my friend. You got, got takes. I'm going to say Kasperi. I'm going to say his name from so so I'm going to go with Jakob. So sorry to the listeners for being deprived of this. It's making me sad every time he does it because you can't see it. Let's get those cameras in here. Also, last night we had a potential shot at history as Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis was 26 mm. points away from passing Pete Maravich's all-time record of 3,667 points. It was late in the game. Time was just about to expire. Detroit Mercy was down to the eight-seeded Youngstown State. They were trying to extend their season and survive, and also Antoine Davis was trying to pass Pete Maravich, but the three rimmed out, the buzzer sounded, and Antoine Davis finishes his career with 3,664 career points, three short of Pistol Pete Maravich's record, which will now survive I'm guessing for at least another 25 to 30 no, years. Maravich still holds the three-point record, doesn't he, for three-pointers? Uh, uh, Randy, actually, <laughs> it's crazy to me. There wasn't a three-point line then? Oh, okay. okay. They didn't but, have any. but the thing is, though, he got that extra year of eligibility, right? Yeah. Antoine Davis did, yes. But no, Mar- Maravich played like six years, right? Uh, no, uh, played like three. So, so what okay. you're saying, Randy, is you don't you don't consider it a, a record. You're you're glad that the record wasn't broken because he had extra year and and yeah, the, the, the help of wasn't, a three point shot. Yeah, it wasn't even close. <laughs> he went like seven for twenty six last night. Bad game. I he watched. Bad I watched game. a video. He's going to shoot the ball. Yes, oh, I, I, he's, he he's going. 13, he takes thirteen threes a game. He's shooting the basketball. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate that he came up just short. Um, and I guess some people, in Randy's case, would say fortunate because and some of the textures, man. Pistol Pete didn't have a three-point line and an extra year of eligibility. Three he, Pistol Pete got three the hard way, mm-hmm. hooping the harm. He yeah, there went you to go. The bucket. Yeah, like, get the foul. Is Antoine Davis just not supposed to shoot from three? No, but it's just uh, if you want to, they're literally different games. They're apples Completely and oranges. Different. Does that does that give you? Uh, uh, I mean, if you're looking at what Pistol, Pistol Pete did, does that give you like, whoa? He's more impressive than ever. Yeah. So, yeah. so at the time, Luell Cinder, because they didn't allow freshmen to play them. Right. To be able to score that many yeah, points. Yeah, it's incredible. How many points was, didn't Pistol Pete average like 40 points a game yeah, or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, like one of my was, first he, videos. He watching. was better than Antoine Davis, but like, there's no doubt about that. People that Antoine Davis. Well, first of all, he's doing Antoine it, has he's ever doing, been the best player in college basketball no, while he was yeah, playing. He's doing it at Detroit Mercy. Pete Maravich is doing it at LSU. Like, there's also not a comparison when you talk about that level. But that's one of the beautiful things about college sports. Um, local seat, local uh, sport, uh, head coach at CBC, Scott Pingle, broke one of Jerry Rice's record. Yeah, he did it. He didn't do it at Mississippi Valley State or, or a school better than that. He did it at a much smaller school. But it's still cool the fact that you can that you can get yourself on the record books in the same way. Oh yeah, I'm just saying we got multiple texts. I just I, I'm honestly a little <laughs> bit more surprised at at the negativity about our, about our boy Antoine Davis. There's only one Antoine Davis, and it's not this one. Who's that one? That was Antonio Davis. Am I screwing up my names? Wasn't there an Antoine Davis that was a corner in the NFL? Maybe uh, Antoine. Antoine um, Winfield. Winfield. Let's check here. Oh, Antoine Davis. No, Antonio okay, Davis. The Antonio Davis, Davis was a baller, like yeah. the like the, the like Davis the Raptors. Brothers. What? 
Yeah, after he oh, played yeah, for the Pacers. There, there was, sorry for the hey, Pacers. Uh, Rock, listen, your right. 90s basketball, we're not going to just exclude what took place in the 90s in this studio, sir. Sorry, was I... Did, did he was the... He was... Him and... He, the, Dale Davis were the Davis brothers. Yeah, I would know this because I'm a Davis. They were the Davis oh. brothers for the Indiana Pacers. And then in the 2000s, he went to play for the Raptors. I know that's when your basketball takes begin. <laughs> We've gotten to the points that where when I say factual things, Carrie's still going to yeah, come at my come no. at my head for it. You got to give Antonio Davis to 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 the Pacers as opposed to the Raptors. I'm sorry, you're just randomly throwing out NBA basketball players. I'm trying oh, to I get, keep listen, up. Me and my friend used to do this. All that's all we used to do. Just random Popeye Jones. You know, just random <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, I, I, you know, random random names. <laughs> all right, we talked about the NFL Combine. It's not really that necessary, according to Kerry Davis, because the poking and the prodding is, is is stupid. You know what else is really dumb, in my opinion, at least? All the consternation about well, does he have a 34 inch arm or a 36 inch arm? What, what what are we talking about here? And the big one this year is going to be Bryce Young. He will be um, oh. his height's going to be on Saturday morning, so we don't yet have the official height. But already the Bryce Young height. Conspiracy theorists and doubters are coming in. So we've seen Drew Brees. We've talked about it. If he measures under six foot one, does that change his draft stock dramatically this year? No. 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 If, if he steps in and he's, he's under six feet. Yeah, that's the thing. Is he Kyler Murray tiny? Because he's Kyler not Murray, Kyler. He's not Kyler. Murray. No, he's not. And, and that would be the thing. It's if he were. Kyler Murray, because Kyler's 5'10". You can't play quarterback at 5'10", and you can't play quarterback well. But everybody is always, I keep seeing everybody's looking at pictures of him, and then even that, what is that picture of him and Mina Kimes? Yes. And everybody was analyzing (laughs) that, and she had to go out and say, guys, I'm wearing four-inch heels, Uh, so don't compare my height to his height. uh, As a Titans fan, I know that we're looking very closely, very closely at Bryce Young. I am a tad bit worried. You're holding sure than six feet, so he falls then. The height thing does concern me a little bit, a, a tad bit. Get If he's six foot and gets to 205 pounds, I can live with it. So it becomes more of a, does it become more of like the Lamar Jackson question where you were worried how is his durability not just is he six one but what is his is his body built to the point where he's not going to get broken in half? Well, he's got to play for the right team. Here's my here's this is why the combine is pointless because we watched this young man play in probably the toughest conference in football that is going to have multiple NFL players drafted has had multiple NFL players drafted over the last five ten fifteen years. And now we're questioning if he can play football against big people. He's been doing it. This is why the combine serves no purpose. All it does is give people that that clearly did watch the game and want to find a reason. There's not really much good that comes out of the combine. Maybe a guy goes out and runs a four three or four two or four four one eight, and and now teams are like, yeah, I got to draft him. Yeah, watch his film. That doesn't help you. Watching the film will tell you the entire story. Whether he's 5'10", 5'11", 6 feet, 6'1", whatever the height is, he played football in the SEC for consider, for from what most consider the best football team in the country year after year and had success. Did he win a Heisman? Yes, yeah, he, did. Yeah, he did. Which means he was the best player in said conference, in said football league in his life. What difference does it make? 
all they're going to do is try to pick and, and poke and pull something out. And if you watch the film, that tells you the story. The combine should help add to your your philosophy that this kid can play as opposed to take it away. Well, it's just my opinion. I'm just going to add something to this. Somebody who just got released recently, also a Heisman Trophy winner and former Titans quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Sometimes the Heisman Trophy doesn't mean a guaranteed successful Marcus, career. Just ask the Titans fans. Marcus Mariota has played for, I don't know, ten, how many years has he been in the league? Eight now? Yeah. Ten? He's close to ten. One too many. He's gonna. He's he's going to get picked up again. He was. He was. Even though he won the Heisman, he wasn't what Bryce Young is at that quarterback position. They had a hell of an offense at Oregon. They they were really shocking people in the, the a shock to the system in a way that I talk about Mizzou playing basketball. It was tough for teams to play defense against guys that were running the the offense that they were running. And so he won the Heisman. Him and Bryce Young are. Two totally different players, but no one questioned whether or not Mariota should be drafted early. Second, what was he? Second round, second uh, overall. Second overall behind Jameis. Yeah, mm-hmm. second overall pick. No yeah. one questioned that. If I were taking a quarterback in this draft, I think uh, I love C.J. Stroud. I think he's really good, but I think I'd probably go with Young. But my my concern isn't can he play. I'm convinced he can play. I just wonder if he's sturdy enough at 194, 200 pounds. They're I, saying I, that he's closer to the 200 range. Yeah. if I, I just, some guys, and uh, some I know there are some big quarterbacks that are injury prone. He's already had the issues this past season with the injuries. I just want to want him to be sturdy. That's all. I want I want him to be healthy, Gary. <laughs> you, you know, my also my other favorite thing that always comes up this time of year, hand size. Yeah. How big are the hands? That's always the biggest thing. I'll never forget when I was in Arkansas, Jake Allen went through hand massages to help the <laughs> length of his fingers. But then you look it up at like, actually, because I was like, wait a minute. Okay, some of the best quarterbacks right now, does their hand size really matter? Patrick Mahomes and um, what Joe, Burrow. Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yes, yeah. they don't exactly have the biggest hands out of all the NFL quarterbacks. No, and... Josh Allen has huge hands, which you'd think in Buffalo playing outdoors, you'd that is a more important thing. But you need to be able to just hang on to the football. Tony Banks had little hands, and he fumbled all the time. <laughs> I, I would venture to say Jamarcus Russell has big hands. How's that fair for him? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's why I said you break down all of these these reasons for why can he play? When I turn the film on, does he make the throw? Does he make the correct read? Is he able to get out of the pocket and make a correct decision? That's all I care about. And if even not, I don't give a dang. Even though we think we have that knowledge, you still never know. You still never know. <laughs> we, we might not know that, Randy, but we did this last week. I want to get everybody again. How many goals does St. Louis City win their home opener by? Oh, you tell us, one fellow. I'm going with a two. I'm going with a. You going, going, going to draw a, again? I'm going with a three-two victory for the for St. Louis City in, in game number two. Just there like, just we like go. game number one. Three-two now victory. Now we're leaning Charlotte, in the right by the direction. way, uh, one and O. They lost or oh and one. I can't remember which one it is. They lost to the New England Revolution one nothing in their first game. I'm gonna say four nil. Four That's what I'm gonna go nil? with. I'm, I'm going all on in. I'm all in. I like that. Mark it down. Spills a little coffee and then finishes yep. out the show with a big prediction. I like. I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> that's a bookend two one for SC, and I'm going to go with eighteen to sixteen for the Battle Hawks, scoring in the last second. Oh my! Oh goodness. my! I can't I can stop at the last second. No. No. Three one. Three one SC. City. What about your Hawks? Battle Hawks are going to put some points on the board Ka-ka. this weekend. Ka-ka. Ka-ka.
27 to 14. I like it. I like that. Yeah, that that seems feasible. Another yeah. last second finish too. Well, no, they'll 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 be up. They'll have a chance to <laughs> so, just take the take a knee. Four okay. minute offense, take a knee at the end of the game. So the the most important thing next week, guys, is don't allow anybody in the Hall of Fame. Okay, just just win <laughs> win a couple of fights. Don't allow anybody in the Hall of Fame. That's oh, my main yeah. thing. No pressure. Oh, be out. No, I, I'm going to no trust pressure. you. I, I trust you implicitly with <laughs> having great shows and making sure the ratings are great. But really, all I care about is eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the golf club so I can practice my bludgeoning. Hey. I, I, went in. <laughs> so I was out swinging it in the hall, and AD from Casey is saying, hey, Randy Carricker's practicing his golf swing out in the hall. So I walked in. I said, yeah, just you know, got to do something during the, the fight. And it was so fun to be on with, uh, with AD and talk some... Some uh, rock and roll with cool. those guys. He just stopped into another radio show to talk I do it all the time. Too. That's what yeah. Randy does. Yeah. So wow. sometimes I bother people, sometimes <laughs> sometimes they actually enjoy me being there. Uh, so anyway, great job today by our producer engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. You know why you did a great job today? Because you won the fight? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the conspiracy theorists in the text line are already there. Pleasure. Brooke, welcome yes. to the opening drive. Woo! So this is Woo! official now. Congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, and CD, is always great work. And uh, Brooke and CD and Matthew will be with you next week, and then I will be back the following week. I may have jury unless, duty. Yeah, unless I will be on jury duty that first day. Okay, I'll I'll wear a suit so I get kicked off. <laughs> I may have gotten kicked off anyway, right? Yeah, See, because your best friend. Yeah, you're uh, one of my really good friends, yeah. Wesley, Wesley Bell, Bell, county hey. prosecutor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that would disqualify me or not, but I really am a big fan of Wesley Bell. And I don't think that I can find a way to disagree with him in a court case. Just so you know. Putting that out there. Yep. Uh, T-Mac and Ajax coming up next with a little balloon party. Uh, You all, we appreciate you tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. And for all of us, until Monday morning at 7, have a great weekend, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.